Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Thank you, and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I'm your co-host, Franco Evans. And I'm here with my host, Alvin Williams. Give him applause. Give him applause, everybody. Yeah, man. What's what's going on, man? Talk to me, man. What's going on? How's life? You're 31. I'm 30. 30 now. It just happened. So uh, it's weird that you don't know that. It's uh, a month. You've been 30 a month and a half. About so. A month and a half. How is it, man? What's what is how is life, man? Wow. Oh, this is so so strange. This is new. It's a new feeling for me. <laughs> um, I'm good, man. Okay. Um, th- uh, you know, as I've told you, I'm I'm going to Pali. Yes. Pali. Yes. Are you excited? Going to Pali. Very, man. Very. Okay. It's a. It's it's coming up very quickly. Okay. We got a lot of stuff to do before I take off to make sure that you know the listeners get all that stuff. Yes. Um, thirty's been. Very interessante. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, life's fun. I'm ha- I'm excited for the summertime. Are you? Uh, yeah, man. You know, I'm 30, flirty, feeling fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Other things. I didn't have a third thing that rhymed with right, 30. Cool. But um, yeah, I'm just, just living. That's good, man. You look great. Thank you, man. Skin glowing. Pockets heavy. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> garage full of cars. All of those things. Yeah, for sure. Hey, man. But um, I don't have a garage. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, man. Just... Uh, you know, this we wanted to try something new. I was like, "Hey, man, let me let me open we, the show, man. you, let, yeah." Let me you called let me, me very me emphatically. Yeah, it was aggressive. Let me open it up. Uh, but how have I been? I've been I've been great. Can I let the people know that it was like a, "Hey, man, next episode, shut the fuck up." I'm taking over. I was it was like, something like that. I was like, "Okay, yeah, please." Yeah, more in a, a respectful, respectful way though. Yeah, to you. Oh, you didn't? No, I just I, you, oh, okay. to, you called me a bitch and things. I just, oh, I'm sorry. Stuff. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get me to. I think it was more so you got this. Energy. I was excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was excited. I woke up. I was like, I'm ready to start the show. I'm gonna call Alvin and let him know. Hey, man, I'm starting the show. Yeah. So shut up and let me talk, bitch. Okay, so I, like, oh, I didn't. I said that. Yeah, did. I didn't. It was. I think early. you were out. Of it was body. early. Man. I think you were out of your body. You were just. Really I think it excited. was out of body experience. It was. Uh, it, it was early. Yeah. But um, I forgive you. Yeah, uh, I've been great. I've been good. I've been lately. I've been um, feeling unease for some for some reason. Okay, I think because um, I haven't been getting a great sleep. Okay, you know I I don't have insomnia and nothing like that. But sure, I have like sleeping 
the first I have I wear a Fitbit, right? So yeah. it tracks my sleep. So the first that does that? Yeah. Oh. The first hour or two, I get so total I get maybe like an hour and a half of deep sleep. Mm. Which is I guess maybe it's like I think that's average, I think. That's it doesn't average? it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it. So but the first hour and a half of sleep is like maybe tossing turning tossing. in the beginning. And then from like three on is I'm tossing turning. I'm getting light sleep. Popping up, waking up a yeah. little bit. Come. I got to like crack my back, got use it. the bathroom. Yeah. So I was like, then when I wake up, I'm like, fuck, my body just like, I don't feel rested when I wake up. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing was I started. Um, if you go into a Sattva mattress commercial, right no. now, <laughs> <laughs> it's no. some jingle music. Like, no. So what I started doing was I used our promo code <laughs> right. Affirmative Murder to get a Sattva mattress. No, so what, what happened, Um, I started doing, I started looking up some stuff and I started doing some body stretches. Okay. Which like is essentially bed. like, which is essentially like yoga. So it's like yoga before bed. Okay. So I tried doing body stretches and I've been doing that before bed and I've been waking up feeling great. So I've been doing that and wow. I've been trying to focus on trying to be healthy. Yeah. Mind, body, spirit type Absolutely. healthiness, which I think is super. When do you stop eating? Do you stop, stop eating e- at any point? Uh, I eat dinner. We ate dinner like 8, 8.30. Okay. I stopped eating at 6.30. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I did hear that's not good to eat right before you go to bed. But so um, so I just trying to take care of my health. I feel like a lot of black young men need to do. That's very important. And with my mind passing beginning of the year, I've been very, um, I've been very, um, obsessed with the brain brain type stuff so okay. i've been i've been reading this book called it's called thinking fast and slow right thinking so, fast and slow and slow so the book uh it talks about like two systems as far as like system one is fast instinctive and emotional thinking mm-hmm. and system two is slow more deliberate and more logical yeah type thinking so i've been reading that only because sometimes i feel like um just trying to open up my mind more as far as like Thinking about other stuff and, you know, be, you know, being trying to be more creative. It helps with that. Given yeah. just how do you how do you access different parts of the brain to unlock, you know, potential and, you know, yeah. other stuff like that. So I've been reading that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I think it's good. To, and I've been reading before bed, which I heard helps as well. So because I've been doing that only because it probably helps your dreams. Helps your dreams, too. You're like yes. Envisioning things. And- yeah, exactly. So but I've been doing that only because, like, you know. Sometimes I'll get into a hole and think about my mom and it's like the brain, you know, once that goes, yeah. you know, my mom got sick when she passed, she was 67 years old. So I was like, that's not old. No. So that is a fear where I'm like, man, I'm trying to, you know, I told you I'm trying to hit 100. Yeah. Right? Yes. So I'm trying to do whatever I have to do. Yeah. It's, it, I think for, I think for black people in particular, it's more of a thing of like being alert of your being listening to your body yeah, and then responding to that. Like, exactly. you, might, you know, my back hurts or like, not my back, but like, it feels like my kidney hurts. Yeah, oh, yeah. well, I'll just, you know, drink some ginger ale or take some Tylenol and then that could be something really bad. Yeah. And then when you find out it's really bad, it, they, they go, well, you should have came, if you would have came here five years ago and we would have caught it then, yeah. you could have done something. But now your kidneys are failing. Yeah, because also it's like, <clears throat> also because like, just like, just say if, like you said, the example you just use if your kidney is up, but it, your back is hurting. Yeah. Your back ache could be an underlying cause of, you know, why you, something's wrong with your kidneys. Yes. And then you go, uh, stretch it out. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. And it's like, go to the doctor. Yes. So it's like, especially if you pay for insurance, I haven't, you know, health insurance, I'm using, I use every bit of it. Yeah. Hey, I, I go, <laughs> whatever. And like, I'm, you know, some people go to the doctor when they get a cold, but it's yeah. like, and those people, 
I've heard that those people heal faster than people that just were like, oh, I just got a little cold, I'm good. Yeah. And it takes Because you got to get ahead of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we talk about this a lot about, you know, genetic trauma and stuff like that. And the same way I always bring up the pool and um, the black people, black people can't swim stereotype and where it comes from and where the truth comes from. Because a lot of black people, that, you know, don't know how to swim. Yeah. But it, there has, there's a history to it. It's the same thing with medical practice. Like exactly. A lot of our parents and grandparents maybe didn't go to the doctor. Not only didn't go to the doctor, but would say stuff like, you can take care of that at home. Yeah. Rub this on it. Put some Neosporin on it. You don't got to go to that. Oh, you're fine. And then you grow up going like, no, people go, only rich people go to the doctors. Or yeah. like only, you only go to the doctors if like your arms hanging off. And that's yeah. like the furthest thing from the truth. So we need to break those things. Exactly. Because, you know, I mean, Chadwick Boseman died when he was like 45 years old, bro. Yeah, man. You know, and I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to blame him for him dying, but I'm just saying, you, th- these are things that you can catch. Maybe if you catch them early on in life. Yeah you can do something to prevent it exactly. or stop it. And that was my whole point of bringing it up. The whole point of bringing it up was like, again, for young black people, you know, we, like you said, we, something's wrong and we go, I'll just figure it out or whatever. Just maybe go by. It's like, no, go get it. Go get it checked out. Your body, your mind is everything. Like if your mind goes, that is it. Yeah. You know, like, you know, not even just the mind, just like physical stuff. Like if you're back, that is your back, your back goes, you, you can't done. do nothing. Your back goes, you can't do done. nothing. I don't so, care how big your biceps no. are, your your quads. Imagine, watch important. how fast all that shit goes away when you're back. When you can't, and you can't move. You can't lift up your biceps with weights. You can't do squats. You yeah. can't, you can't walk down steps. Like your back going is a really big deal. Yes, man. and so I just all, and all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, and I'm just putting it out there for you know I don't know who's going to listen to this outside of our, our wonderful listeners. Sure. I'm just saying, I'm just putting out there, just pay attention to your body and health is. More important than anything, money is it's more important than anything. Yes, and I just that's kind of I just kind of where I wanted to go with that, and I just wanted to put that out there. You know, for anybody that's just like waking up and going like, just don't feel right, yeah. or just like my you know, shoulders numb. Yeah, like, just that shouldn't be. That's not a thing. You yeah. just go like whatever, <laughs> right. like that's fine. Right. It'll go away. Like exactly. you should be, you know, hearing and listening. Because exactly. you got to yep. hear your body, but then listen to it too. And the listening is going and doing something about it. Because you yeah. might you might go, my back hurts. But like listening to your body is when you do something about exactly. it. Exactly. And I just kinda wanna put that out there. I just think that was super important. For sure. Um, moving on to another thing. I do have a couple questions for you, man. It's your world, squirrel. So we've been doing this for a while. Sometime, yes. And you know, we come across these cases, <clears throat> these gross sick people. Heartbreaking. And you know me, I am a CSI type guy. So I like Yeah. You know, the methods and, you know, strategies they use to like Hey, this is what we got mm-hmm. to catch this person. Shoe he like this and oh. all this. So I have some questions for you. Sure. It's Fire away. The seven steps of a crime scene investigation. Mm-hmm. Do you know the seven steps of the crime scene investigation? Don't answer that as a rhetorical question. Because <laughs> I don't. I, 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 I was rhetorical, yeah. <laughs> so. I would have guessed, but I won't. A crime scene examination is complex, right? Mm-hmm. People, you can play along. In your own, wherever you are, your room or whatever, you can play along as well. Am I playing a game? Yes, I'm asking oh. you number number question. Numero uno. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. What is the first step? <laughs> you come into a crime scene. Okay. Huh. <clears throat> what is the first step? Do you know? Um, we tape it off. Tape that scene off. Tape that thing off. That is actually number two. Okay. Step into the scene. Don't walk in the scene. Don't move. Don't touch anything without gloves. Put gloves on. Put gloves on. So the, number, the first step is identify scene dimensions. 
So it's kind of uh, your okay. what you said is kind of the same thing. Just like take a take yeah. a like a mental picture of what's kind of same the room. So it uh, says that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Locate the focal point of the scene. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Establish a perimeter. Yeah. Uh huh. Large enough to contain what? Uh, any kind of you know uh, materials or evidence. Uh, that's uh, the key word. DNA for evidence. Evidence. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Number two. Tape off after that. You, after you. You, you you establish it now. You tape, tape it, it off. Tape it off. And now people, what do you that's do? why the tape because we gotta let people know that's why the tape exists, y'all. It's not just saying it's not just saying hey y'all don't come in here. It's saying this is how far of a perimeter we've established. Yes. So it's tape Boom. around the perimeter. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's another part to step two. Another part to step two. Yes. So you see this on TV on, shows. No glove. No love. Right. No, that's not it. Okay. I'm sure that's probably like in there. In it's in step there. one somewhere. Yeah. Okay, okay. But I mean, like, what do you see on TV shows where they go in and they all right, I'm um, agent something, and they throw the tape over themselves. Uh-huh. What is around the perimeter that you taped off? What do you use to? Oh, witnesses. Talk to witnesses. No. Um, if you mean by security, then yes. Oh, secure, secure the perimeter. You, you, you security. You okay. Get police officers. So make to sure go. nobody steps in, exactly. touches something that's not supposed. To. Yep. Sure. Sure. Okay. I thought okay. that was a uh, secure perimeter. I thought that was like curious guys in that. it. Yeah. Okay. Step three. Step three. You're asking me? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, you canvass the area for, for clues. Okay. And, and evidence. Okay. So determine the type of crime that has happened. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, okay. if you get a dead body, then you go, yep. yeah, it's murder. Sure. Right? Yep. Or so far, until we dive further, we're going to start off with murder, dead body, we're going to go murder, but it could be suicide. It could be something else. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, so okay. that's step three. That's step three. Establish what the crime is that happened. Establish what the crime scene has happened. Another part of that is... Which is new to me because I've never heard this one before. Identify any threats to evidence such as weather. Oh, okay. So you check that, about check that. that weather app if you're outdoors. Yeah. Check those pipes if you're indoors. Mm-hmm. Make sure there's no leaks or anything yeah. like that. Or maybe like mildewy, warm, weird, moist heat inside the building. Yes. That could contaminate some evidence yes. too. So could then contaminate you that air. after you do that, you talk with your team and you go, now you... Now you... Bouncing clues off exactly. of each other, yep. yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Talk with your team. Yes. And you figure out what the plan is. What do you do next? Step four. Yes. Um, take photographs. Bingo. Yeah. Uh-huh. My man. Uh-huh. My yeah, man. I'm on it now. So identify potential evidence. Yes. Capture f- photographs and take good notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Wanna, Spot on. Uh, notepad. Spot on, man. Get that Blue's Clues notepad out. Yes. Start making those clues. Exactly. I like to draw mine. So that's step four. Step four is conduct primary survey. Yes. Okay. Now you got step five. Step five. Mm, okay. Tell me what step five is. Okay, so now we've taken the pictures. The area is secure. We got security at the tape. Um, got my gloves on. So I'm ready to, to, to dive into the scene. Mm-hmm. You are going to um, uh, canvas the area for witnesses. Not yet. Okay, not yet. Okay, so we're still in the, in the, in the area. Yes. Okay. Um, we're going we're gonna, to... Oh, is that, part of, is that a part of what we just said? What you about to say? I was going to say we're going to... You put those little signs next to any evidence, like number the evidence. On the, is yeah. that it? Boom. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. Also, it's trying to figure out what actually went down. Yes. And Start then, painting the picture. Exactly. Okay, got it. Yep. Like the bullet cases are over here. The body's over here. So the person was standing over here. Let's put a little little bloop, bloop, little janitor, yep. a little mini janitor sign. That's what I call them, the little mini wet floor signs. <laughs> yeah. Put one of those little mini wet floor signs right here next exactly. to this bullet. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Collect all evidence and keep detailed documentation. Yes. Using the plan from step three that you guys talked about, you and your team. Yes. Begin processing the area. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Processing the scene. So yes. number five is document and process scene. Yes. Number six. Yeah, step six now, what do you do? 
Now you're talking to them people, right? Get it out, get out there, get your face out there, start handing out cards, asking people what they saw, things like that. Not yet. Not yet. Okay, we're still in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, you got me on this one. I don't okay. know this one. This Number six is conduct a second survey. So now we walking through again. Once once you start another walk, you painted the scene. Want to walk, do another walkthrough to ensure everything has been processed and recorded. Got it. Diligence. Yes. Diligence. Exactly. Diligence. Yes. Diligence. Number yes. seven. Now you brought up witnesses. Yes. That is actually not a step. Yet. Oh, okay. It's not it's not, not in the, the first, first seven. seven steps. Not in the no. first seven. This is so, all scene. Yes. Got it. Number seven. What do you think the final steps are when trying to walk? When trying to figure out this crime scene. What is your final step? Ooh, uh, tell your boss what you got going on cooking as <laughs> I an guess, idea. I guess. <laughs> so use all inventory log to account for all evidence. Yes. Create a thorough description that matches the photographs taken at all the scenes. Got it. So like file your report. Yep. Follow a clear chain of custody throughout the investigation. Okay. So these are the first seven steps. Yes. For a proper crime scene investigation. Proper crime scene investigation. Got it. Okay. Now, now if there was a but for a couch six point five, yeah, for a couch detective, five point five. Look, I mean, if there was an extra step you're throwing in, uh-huh. it'd be you know wit. I'll be like, hey, hey, what'd you see? Go talk to hey, exactly. Go talk to uh, that. They call him Little Man. Yes. Go back, bring him over here. You know, yes. that kind of stuff. Now, for a couch detective, I think I, think did, I, did, I did pretty good. I think you did pretty. Yeah, I did pretty good. I'm not in the academy. No. I'll take it. I, I think, think you I did, did pretty good. I think I did pretty good. I'll take it. I'll but these it. are the first seven steps. Is go in, conduct a, a thorough search. I mean, a thorough uh, investigation. Get all your evidence. You got to get it and bring it back, especially if it's outside. Yes. Make sure get it's it safe. And bring it back to the to the station. Record it. Then you go and I'll talk to witnesses. Yes. Everything is everything is important. Nothing is, a, you know, nothing is not a factor. And always remember. There's no such thing as a coincidence. So keep those eyes open when you're on those crime scenes, folks. Um, have you have you used that at all? I don't. No, it's this really, is just the perfect. Yes, it, it was like the only. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I I'm gonna take it off soon, so I was like, I might as well get it. You know, last hurrah. Finally, it fit. You it finally fit there. It was perfect. It fit there. It was perfect. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I, 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 it's never been perfect. It's never fit anywhere before. That's 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 crazy. Yeah. If you remember this, I got this, yes. got this drop that I haven't used yet. And now it's like yeah, the yeah, perfect yeah. time to I'm use. patting myself on the back. I feel good about that. Was it. Good. Yeah, I remembered that, that it was there and I was like, this is the time to drop this. That was good. Um that was my seven steps, man. Uh, you know, yeah, the first I'm seven glad. steps. That was of, good education. Yes. Yeah, uh is there anything else you need to bring up or anything like that? No, no, man. Yes. Uh this was this, first of all, let's give it up for Fran for uh, leading the way. Fantastic job. Yeah. I, you know, thank thank you for be, being assertive and, 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 and taking the reins on this. I really yes. do appreciate it. As, you know, I have to give you a break sometime. You know, sometimes well, you can that, just sit back and, you know. This was nice, man. It was fun to, like, play a game and all yeah. those type of things. So this was really fun. So, uh, yeah, we don't have any Patreon. Uh, no Patreon? No Patreon shows. Is it none or you just? No, it's none. It. Okay. We don't have any. All right, so um, what we're going to do is um, we're going to take a break, uh, pay some bills, and tell you some fucked up, fucked up shit and don't touch that dial. Can you? Can you say that and go on a radio? Touch that dial. Oh, I always, like I always, dial. Want, I always want to say hey, it. Well, hey, man, you know what? Don't hey, touch the pause button. Don't touch no, screen. No, hey, fuck that. Don't touch, don't touch that, that dial. dial. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome back. My affirmative murder this week is about the story of Asbury Respus. Asbury Respus. Yes. Sounds Creepy like looking dude, man. He's just this black guy, 1900s. He's Sounds born. Like in, he was born in 1887, 1878. Skinny sounds like a God of War character or something like that. You said it's uh, Raspberry what? Asbury. Ra- Asbury Respus. Asbury Respus. Yes. So Asbury Respus was born in an easy years. They always go approximately. It's like approximately he was born in somewhere this year around. There's no like, birth certificates. No birth certificate. Just remember, I, it was like I think it was a Tuesday. <laughs> so uh, yeah, around the April seventeenth. <laughs> yeah. So he was a pro- born approximately in eighteen seventy eight to Miles and Ellen Respus. Respus claimed in his youth he fell off a he fell off a barn injured injured his head in an accident mm. which he's blaming his violent outburst on like he's never been the same since then never been the same since then I think that's part of the McDonald triad right like that's his head injury no that's 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 no, a different no, no, thing no. but like some of the things that can happen head injuries come up head abuse injuries. yeah head not injuries. McDonald triad but yeah, like yeah. things that can lead to somebody being a a violent person yes. like abuse uh, head injuries yeah. as a young kid and stuff like that yeah but it was he he went you know after that you know I just I was I was never the same yeah. After, after it's like you, I don't want to sit here and be like, man, that can't be. You're just crazy. But yeah, it's like, you can't rule that out. No, off you of can't. a barn. I mean, that's. A, I mean, I don't know how a tall severe barn. head trauma. I mean, yeah. yeah, it could change your whole brain chemistry. It Absolutely. could change a lot of things Absolutely. in you for sure. But I mean, you can still use that. I mean, in court, you can go. I fell on my head when I was. I mean, so that's I approximately maybe that this is approximately time though. Yeah, because how can they prove that? But they could try to use that as an excuse. Like I don't maybe that's know, what I, I would. <laughs> I, I get it, but you, you don't need to have advantage. any proof. You don't get for, for an advantage. Yeah. You can go like, I mean, I was good before I fell off the barn and, and cracked my head open. If I would have never that, fallen just... off that roof in approximately eighteen seventy nine, yeah. I'd be, I wouldn't be here, Your Honor. Exactly. And they just got to take your word for it because that's the times that it was. Right. Uh, so again, he fell off a barn, injured his head in an accident that he seemed to blame for his violent behavior. Again, he also could just be lying. About this is the late eighteen hundreds. We don't know. Yeah. A damn. We don't even know. We don't even know his birthday is. <laughs> We don't even know he's born. Like Capricorn it could be anything. I don't, we don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, so the the incident left him with an indentation in his skull. Oh, well, I mean, there's some proof. So, you is. ever thought about what you would look like bald? I was having this conversation recently. I, was, I don't think I could ever go. I don't think I could ever shave my head. Bald. There's a there's a filter you can use. Where to show you? To show you bald. And you think it's accurate? 
Digital Max, it looked weird. Oh, I was like, man. man. I feel like I have like a lumpy head. I feel like my head is not like a smooth. You know, some people have that bald smooth. head. Michael Jordan. Some people have the head for a bald head. Yeah. yeah. I feel like my head, I might have some wrinkles in the back. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't man. think my head is like a lollipop. That's the kind of head you got to have to be, <laughs> to bald. be bald. Yeah, yeah. I got a scar from when I, I busted my head on the side of my head. So yeah. I'm going to have like a little keloid scar. It's not mm. going to be a flawless bald head. No. I don't want that. I don't want to look like a Sharpay. Not that my head is that is not crazy wrinkly, but I'm just saying like it's not all the skin yeah. that's on my skull is not you know, like it's not I get it's it. not on it you know yeah. so hot dogs start popping out you can really see the hot dogs yeah in the back. you know you what I mean like I don't want don't that want I don't want that yeah man I don't know I don't know if would you go bald though if you like had to I mean if I if it got bad if I started getting George Jefferson just go I, I absolutely mean, you, you gotta cut to. that off yeah you, you can't gotta just walk around with yeah that. oh yeah you gotta cut that off can if the hairline got crazy like crazy I'd consider it or at least going low. But you go low enough, it's basically the same thing. Like Stephen Smith? Yeah, I don't know. He's um he should cut that off. <laughs> <laughs> then he has a little head. Like, <laughs> he's got a little peasy head and glasses. You can see the you can see like where's his, his like his forehead wrinkle up so you can see where his his head is yes. supposed to be. At. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where his forehead stops, and then there's a lot of stuff going on before of, you get to the head. A lot of head. Yeah, there's a lot it of is, head. It is. Yeah, there's a lot of head before you get to that hairline. And like, it's not forehead. <laughs> it's like skull. It's top of skull. It's a lot of stuff up there. It's like, no, nah, I'm cutting that off. I'm cutting that off. I'm cutting that off. You're not going to see me going out like that. When we're like 39, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm still holding on. Waves. <laughs> got waves, but they start braiding where your ears are. braided a little bit. Nah, that's crazy. You got to hang on. You got hey, to hang on to Also, it. while we're on the subject before, let's jump back in. Stevie Wonder, let it go, bro. Yeah. Lil Wayne, let it go. Snoop is almost there, too. Oh, I haven't seen Snoop. Is he looking rough? His shit is going back. It's almost but, it's almost Stevie Wonder. Oh no, it's on track. It? Oh god, it's on track. Well, you got like long dreads. It's like the long dreads, dreads, but they're like just on the back of like a ponytail. Let it go, like a bald ponytail. Yeah. You have a bald ponytail, dread ponytail. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I didn't know that about Uncle Snoop. Yeah, but Lil it's, Wayne it's has like there. these six clumpy. Just, just some guys that need to let it go. Let the, let the hair. Yeah, go. it's just. I get it. If you don't want to go bald, you got to know when just, to fold them. Just go. Just go. Is, your, is your dad bald? I haven't seen your dad in years. He has a very low haircut. Is your granddad bald? Um, he has also a very low haircut. Mm. Yeah, it's not looking good. So it's not genetic. Is so you don't. don't you're it's not the sure. Mom. I think it's the mom. It's on the mom's side. Yeah, but my mom's dad. It's both. Had, he no. He has a, he he kept it low, but he has a receding hairline. So it's not looking mm. good for me. I'm not there yet, but I could see me having to make a decision in the next five years or so, where I'm just gonna be like, I wear I, I wear a very low haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, for you know, we have a lot of you know female listeners. This is a big deal for men. Oh man, <laughs> what, what am I going to do deal. with my time if I if if I'm not getting a haircut every two weeks? Yeah, and it like makes me feel good. If I have to just go, just shave it all just down. Just shave it to, all like, off. Now you got to go flakes. and get it like, <clears throat> just what did it do? Just uh, <laughs> run out a razor over your head. Yeah, keep it low and sad. Got to keep it smooth and this sort of yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I have to lotion my scalp. Put probably have new products now. I have to get like bald oil. No, I'm gonna hold on to it for. What do you got? Uh, uh, what's that called? Um, like man, hair club for men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rogaine. Yeah, and I'm gonna swear I'm gonna let you get back to your thing. But I saw you know how women are going to the Dominican Republic get these BBLs. Yeah, and then you see videos sometimes with like them on the planes on their knees, like flying back because they can't sit on their butts. So they'll fly back. They'll fly back on their knees. Yeah, but they save like seven grand. And it's dangerous. Don't do that. But anyway, I saw a picture of, I saw a video of a a bunch of dudes who flew back from DR who got the fresh hairline. 
You can see all the fucking stabs, needle yeah, stabs yeah. in their head, fucking bleeding. Yeah, 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 and it's like every you know how you can see the top of people's head over the airline seats. So it was like eight rows of dudes that are coming back from the Dominican Republic that got the uh, low budget hairline surgery. That's crazy. Still, think it's le- it's definitely less dangerous to get a BBL. In, that's like, some that's some like Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather did something like that. He did with his beard. Who did that? Floyd Mayweather. He got the he got, he a got goatee. the beard. He has a he. Has, I mean, not a goatee. He has a beard now. He didn't have a beard. He had a goatee. He has a beard now. Wow, got the feeling. He got the, he got, he got it filled the in. When got like take his butt hairs out, put him in his mouth and his face. And then, <laughs> I don't think they were. That's butt, not what I they do. They were, I don't think they were butt hairs. <laughs> I don't think they were butt hairs. But okay, yeah. No, continue. Proceed with your story. No, he's got enough money. They sure. they put some you know some fresh newborn baby hairs in his face. Is that what they did? It wasn't butt hair, got, especially not. It wasn't from his butt. <laughs> you think they pulled his butt hair out of his butt and then put yeah. it in his face? Got, it has to be hair. Oh, because it's so fort de graft. Yeah, that's a fair point. I don't know. Fort de <laughs> I just threw out a medical term. That sounds. It makes sense. Like that's they use your skin for a skin graft. They probably use your hair for your hair. Tra- transplant. I'll see why not. See treatment. It makes I'll sense to me. Go back to Buster. Um. Again, so he he had a indentation in his skull. Yeah, from his fall when he fell from the bar, as well as lifelong mental issues. On June twenty eighth of nineteen hundred, he married Ophelia Harrell, the daughter of Mister and Mrs. Daniel Harrell, and in Northampton County, North Carolina. Like Respus, he she was twenty two years old at the time of the marriage. In an interview, Respus gave the Central Prison Warden H H. Honeycuts. I hate hearing that. Because you think H.H. H. Holmes? Yeah, man. I just hate hearing. I hate hearing. I like it. It bothers um, me. I, I, I want to bring that back. Like, if I have a son someday, I want to name him one of those off-brand <laughs> double initials where it's like yeah. uh, PX or like, you know, JW. Like, they always, like, people were named that in the early 1900s and stuff. I don't like it. H.H. H. I don't like it. C.W. H.H. H. I don't like it. H.H. H. Honeycuts. Uh so he went to H.H. Warden H.H. Honeycutt's office the day before his um, execution, obviously. So Respus discussed his criminal record in depth. He told reporters who were present that although he could only conclusively, conclusively remember eight of the murders that he committed, mm. he said, I think I killed nine. So eight he, eight he knew. For sure. For sure. Man. Uh, but but uh, he like. Eight and a possible. Yeah, maybe I did. Maybe I did one more. I mean. It feels honest. I mean, he just. I just says, mean, I feel like I I definitely believe the eight. Yeah. If he's saying I might. I guess have done eight. Them. He can he can give like descriptions and you know, in depth detail. Yeah. And then he's like, maybe I killed one more. Maybe I was could have been a intoxicated dream. that day. I don't I don't I don't remember that yeah. that ninth one. The first murder Respus call could recall committing were those of two black women, Lizzie Banks and Zenny Britt. Respus shot Banks and beat Britt to death prior to 1912. Mm. Around 1910, Respus also murdered another black woman named Becky Storr in Boykins, Virginia, by beating her with a stick. Mm. In 1912, Respus shot and murdered a black man named Ed B. Wayne, a native of Severn, North Carolina. Respus was later charged with and convicted of second-degree murder and Wayne's death and sentenced to 15 years in prison. Oh, yeah, it was 15 years. And this, again, this is in 1912. Second-degree murder, though. I mean, sec- yeah, true, he could have said true. it was a fight or something. In February of 1913, approximately six months into his sentence, officials declared Respus a criminal, criminally insane and sent him to a state mental hospital. 
Sometime during his stay in the hospital, authorities deemed Respus mentally sound enough to finish serving his sentence in prison. So he was returned to the prison, to the prison camp. There he found employment as a cook. On September 13, 1916, Respus and three other prison cooks, John Pierce, Emmett Smith, and Tom Boylan, escaped from prison. So they escaped from the prison kitchen with a fake key that they made on their own. Man, things were just so much easier back then. You could just make you could a just, key make out a of some fake, soap or something uh, and then <laughs> unlock a door? That's crazy. Uh, like a, yeah. Is this Pee Wee's Playhouse? Either way, they made a key. They're very ingenuitive. They made a key. Or the, or the lock sucked ass in 1916. I'm maybe going just, with the lock sucked ass. Maybe they just didn't need a key. They, maybe they just fucking... If you put your finger in there, finger there and in the right way, you probably could unlock it, the door. Yeah. Probably open. <laughs> yeah. A door was more of an idea back in 1916. A lock was more of an idea. Yeah. So they escaped from the prison kitchen with a fake key that they made on their own. Scaling a wall with, within the prison, prison officials discovered them escaping in a few minutes. Um, oh, so they didn't even get so out of the prison? they didn't even, like... Oh, no, they got out. Oh. But, I mean, like... They, they, get, it wasn't, they didn't get far. I mean, it wasn't, like... While they were climbing, they probably... They probably oh, look at these fucking yeah. idiots. <laughs> the alarms are going off well, already. They, still, yeah. they can see them climbing. They just, <laughs> oh, we can wait till they go, then we, then we chase them. Catch them there. But all four of the inmates were able to evade the, blount, the bloodhounds that authorities used to attempt to trace them, and all four, all four of them were uh, able... To successfully escape, so they did get away. They got away. Wow. They but it have. wasn't in the like they didn't get away in the stealth of the night. Like there was a chase. No, this is like there was a chase. Yeah, but they just didn't. They just got away. They just got away. It's okay. So it wasn't like a, they didn't sneakily get away. No, it was very. And, obvious. and like the next morning, it was like, oh, are they? They just you got a pillow. Uh, you got a pillow body under your yeah. covers, and like I yeah. said, wake up, Emmett Smith. What? Yeah. Nobody's there. It's got a face. Drew no, a face they, on they it. They saw him. Clown the wall, and, yeah, and they must and they must have hauled ass. Well, Emmett Smith, oh, the football player, yeah, it's <laughs> probably, it was him? might be a descendant, you know, an, an, uh, an elder, uh, grandfather, yeah, 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 you know, an ancestor of Emmett Smith. He, now he's a football. Oh, he got he got loose on the dogs. Yeah, he got loose on the dogs. Yeah, no, he's Emmett Smith. He's Emmett Smith the fourth. You didn't know that? Juking the dogs, crazy. Oh man, I just these prisoners. I just think of life, the movie Life. Uh I think it like I figured it it was like that. These wear black and white suits with the stripes. Yeah, with the stripes. bang rocks bang all day. Rocks all day. That's what hot. southern prison is like. Now, probably they don't have black and white suits anymore, though. No, they were like you know, orange. they were like uh, they dress like they all dress like um, um, West Coast. Connection. Is there any reason why they stopped using those? Uh, I think change it up. Put orange. Maybe also I orange. Be, you could see it better. Okay, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like it was giving. Question, it was huh? making people like have like seizures or something. <laughs> the stripes. stripes. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's getting hypnotized. And, yeah, <laughs> it was a medical reason why they like we, we stopped using the black and white striped stripe, uniforms. The stripes giving everybody epilepsy, man. It's crazy. We got to change to one yeah. continuous color: orange, blue. Everybody dresses like it has uh, to be a reason. It has it couldn't it can't be just they just tried to be more modern. It, that can't be a reason. Yeah, like this is kind of old school. <laughs> this is how people people dress like this for Halloween costumes now. Let's change it up. Got like queer, a hat. Yeah, the hats are cool. Yeah, the hats are yeah, the hats are high fashion. But maybe the queer eye for the straight guys came in and were like, "This is kind of old. Yeah. Let's get some new colors in here." And they like, "Let's throw out the stripes. Let's leave that for Halloween costumes, and let's go ahead and do do some more style stuff." And everybody started dressing like a uh, uh, Ice Cube in two thousand one. That's how everybody dresses in prison now, mm, like the yeah. dick, the dicky suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Socks is flip flops. Let them be up a little bit. You're like, so full. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they they successfully escape. Mm-hmm. The fate of the other uh, escapees is unknown. We don't know what I I would love to know what happened to those guys. I mean, we don't we, well, don't. we know what happened to Emmett Smith. He got away and he procreated. <laughs> that kids. We don't know what happened to uh, 
John Pierce and uh, Tom Boylan. Yeah, so they, those other escapees, um, they were about to unknown. But Respice was not apprehended or arrested again between his 1916 escape and his 1931 arrest for the mm. murder. What? Well, that's just a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. be free. Yeah. Uh, from 1916 escape and his 1931 arrest for the murder that would lead to his execution. He was gone, man. He got away and was like... And committed I'm, murders. And, and was like, moved. I move and yeah. then I'll... Change your name. Change my name and... Change my name to fucking... Uh, Will Moore is his alias. All right. And, <laughs> Clever. And I'm, I'm was, a new person. It's almost poetic. Will Moore? It's like I had more will to escape from prison than anybody else. No way in hell he thought Will that. Moore. More will. Will Moore. Will Moore. I'm will, I am Will Moore. Nah. That's how it feels. That's how. That's how. That's um, not, I get that's, it. That's how Tom Riddle came up with Voldemort. Really? Yeah. You know Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was like his name was Tom Riddle, and then he just took his name and scribbled it around, and he was like Voldemort. I guess it takes cool, away yeah. it takes away all the sass out of it or whatever. Yeah. But I just feel like it might have came to him in a you know a very poetic. Like that, I doubt it. Will Moore. This dude has a fucking dent in his head and <laughs> <laughs> trying to survive on a run. I doubt it. Fair enough. Uh, after escaping from the prison, Brespis returned to he returned to Virginia. Soon he relocated to North Carolina once again. So again, he was from the North Carolina, but he escaped, went to Virginia, mm-hmm. lay low. Sure. He was like, okay, I can. I'll come back now. Enough time has passed. Enough, yeah. There's no America's Most Wanted. No TV. No. Like, yeah. My name is it. my name is Will Moore now. So you could really treat the world like a uh, Grand Theft Auto back in 1970. Yeah, man. Just like let the star the stars will die down. Just give it some time. Just give go some time. go hide under a bridge for like a couple hours. Just and fucking they just, forget. Just, just hop on trains and just like I'ma just. Start new. So I just go start fresh. Yeah, <laughs> Take yeah. whatever this train takes me. And also, he believed, you know, if you give it a couple of years, everybody back in that time was like birds, so they just forget. Just forget. Yeah, it's like you look familiar. Anyway, enjoy your glasses of milk, <laughs> and then uh, you know, have a nice day. Yeah, and you could just go back, go back and move into the town where you kill people. So on January fourteenth, nineteen eighteen, near Greensboro, North Carolina, he resumed he resumed killing with the murder of housewife Jenny Gilbreth who died from burn injuries in a house fire that oh. also destroyed her house while her husband was out of town. Jesus. The murder of Jeannie marked the first time Respis crossed the color line and murdered a white victim. So again, beginning, all his victims were black. Yeah. This one. He definitely destroyed. sexually assaulted her and then tried to burn the house down to destroy the evidence. I wouldn't rule that out at all. I think that's what the plan was there. So the fire that destroyed Jeannie's home was initially considered accidental. On July 21st, 1920, Respis drowned a four-year-old boy. And this was crazy. A four-year-old boy named Robert Neil Osborne. While Osborne's death was also originally believed to be an accident, well, his death certificate has, you know, labeling his death as as accidental. Uh Respis confessed shortly before his execution and that he threw Osborne into the stream, into a stream, held his head underwater, stating... I held it there with both of my feet. That's horrible, man. But this is a baby. This is a child. If you do something like that, Respis later pretended to have discovered the body, but authorities did not suspect foul play on Osborne's death until after Respis was arrested for the September 1931 murder of Vera Leonard. On July 17, 1925, Respis murdered an 82-year-old Eunice Stevenson, a widow who lived alone. 82. Years old. 82. When I heard, there was a, not to get off track here, but there was a shooting 
at a graduation recently. I don't know if you heard about that one. The lady that passed was like a the it was like a grandma. She was like eighty some years old, and she got caught in the crossfire when somebody started shooting. A graduation for you to live that long and get and to sh- go out that way shot murdered with a gun. Nobody should be burying their grandmother and they're like that. Well, you know, did she COVID? Like, no, she was she got shot. That's crazy. Yeah, your eighty two year old grandmother. Yeah, so she was eighty two years old. Um, Respers she he broke into her home, beat her to death. Left her body hanging by the neck on the rafters of the house in order to stage the scene to look like a suicide. Wow. That's really calculated then. That this goes against his whole uh my head injury thing. Yeah. He's very like um premeditated in his murders. Like make it hot burn the house down, then it looks like the house it was a Oh yeah, he, he knows exactly what he's doing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Moreau Osmond, a man in his 40s with dementia and an, and an intellectual disability, initially confessed to Stevenson's murder. Got it. But he was lying. He, he, was, like, he lying. didn't. Yeah, he didn't. Sometimes he was out do that mind. for attention. Yeah. There's a whole documentary about it. I, I watched it, but I forgot about I forgot the name of it. But a guy that was like, I killed, I'm, I'm a serial killer. Yeah, I'm, I think that happens, that happens a lot, though, right? It happens. Some, yeah, people just yeah, inject yeah. themselves into crimes and, like, I did it. That's Somebody crazy. came and did that about John Vinay Ramsey. That's a, cr- a crazy crime to want to take the ownership of. But it happens. Yeah, man, that's different, man. You want to get attention, you want to be on the news. You know, people are sick, man. Like the murder of Osborne, Respers was only considered a suspect in the murders of Jeannie and Stevenson after his arrest for Vera Leonard's murder years later. So Vera Leonard, I haven't got to that story yet, comes up in a little bit. Yeah. So Respers was at one point a suspect in the murder of Robert G. Smith, a native of Sumner, a town, a township in Guilford County, who lived alone. Smith, Smith's murder was unsolved. The perpetrator shot into Smith, Smith's isolated house and fatally struck him on a sun, on a Sunday in January 1929. The murder took place approximately five miles from where Respis lived at the time, and four of Respis' murders took place in Guilford County. Mm. But Smith's murder was never conclusively tied to Respis. Locals believe that the same person who murdered Smith may have been responsible for the similar death of Nellie Jones Ballinger, whose body was discovered with a gunshot wound in her, mother, in her mother's Greensboro home in January 5th, 15th of 1929. So this dude doesn't have a, he doesn't have an MO. So he's not, It could have. there's no him targeting this type of yeah. person. Young black women, old black women, yeah. white women. Children, yeah. So yeah, it, it really could have been anybody. Absolutely. Those those could have been him too. Whoever was vulnerable, it was like or whoever he was spying. You had to be. I feel like an eighty-two year woman. You had to be spying on this woman for a couple of days for you to go make sure nobody's checking on her. Exactly. Yeah. 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 On September thirtieth, nineteen thirty-one, at approximately eight o'clock in the morning, nine-year-old Vera Leonard left her house to catch her bus, her school bus, when Asbury Respus approached and ambushed her shortly before the bus arrived. While authorities initially believed that Respus' motive was sexual assault, Respus later denied having a sexual motive, claiming instead that he had gotten intoxicated on alcohol and drugs and that the drugs had sent him into a violent frenzy. Respus proceeded to beat Leonard to death. Mm. Again, she's nine years, nine years old. old. After murdering Leonard, Respus wrapped her body in a blanket, set the family house on fire, very calculated. At the time of her, at the time of the fire, neither neither Vera's parents, Mister or Mister Thomas Leonard, 
Noah Vera's four-year-old brother were home. So so she was vulnerable and by herself, and he made a decision to attack. Different times, man. Yeah. Yeah, nine-year-old nine girl, home by yourself. You go out and catch the bus. It's just. But him burning the house down. Burning the house down. It, it's like, so what is his, I can't wait to get to his argument, because what is his argument here? Like, I fell off a roof when I was a kid, and it made me a criminal mastermind? Because he's not just like uh erratically killing people and leaving crime scenes everywhere. He's very calculated in what he's doing. So it's like he's almost saying it It made me uh He just wanted to kill people. It made me, a, it made me like a genius killer. He wanted to kill he people. Wrapped, but, he wrapped her body up yeah. and then burned her family's house down. Yeah. But he, I mean, what, that's what I was saying in the beginning. Like, he just wanted to kill people. Yeah. But he's like, I found an excuse. I fell on my head, man, and just this is it, the reason it made why. me this way. Yeah. So approximately ten minutes after the murder took place, um, passerby, passersby saw smoke arising from the Leonard household and approached and approached to find the house in flames. The passers the passersby attempted to rescue possessions from the inside of the house, which which is you know, possessions from the inside of the house of the burning house when they noticed. Pools of blood. Mm. Shortly after which, Vera's father, Thomas Leonard, arrived at the house. Now I don't even know. I don't. Now this is nineteen twenty-five or something. Nineteen thirty-one. Obviously, they had you know. You know who called him? You know how did he? He just happened to get home at this time, or you know Ooh, the dad? Yeah. I mean, he could have, yeah, he could have just been just, getting home. Just I'm saying, like, yeah, he just yeah. happened to get home at this time. I mean, to see your house in like, Yeah, that's flames? crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Or just seeing the smoke from the distance yeah. and praying that it's not your house. And then it yeah, you, is as your you house. As you drive, he's getting closer and closer. Like, that's definitely your house. Yeah. Man, what a feeling. So after authorities put out the fire, they searched the house and found Vera Leonard's body under a bed. I thought so. So they put her in the house and then yeah. burned the house down. Yeah. yeah. Her, um, her body was under a bed. Her skull had been crushed. Mm. Authorities quickly connected Raspis to the murder when he repeatedly showed up near the scene of the crime and suspiciously stood around. Just crazy. It's like you th- you think that that's a corny generic thing that people say no. in movies and stuff. Like the the killer always returns to the scene of the crime. But the more you dive into this true crime world and you find out about <clears throat> people having trophies, yeah. and marking the spots where yeah. they kill people, they so they go back, they like go back and masturbate there and yeah. do all this sick shit. It's like, yeah, no, I mean, a lot of the times they do in some in some kind of way. They return to the scene of the crime in some kind of way, whether it's when the police investigation is happening, whether they go to visit the site where the body is to get whatever kind of feeling they go to take something. Sometimes they go dig the body back up, take a piece of body off finger or something off of the, the, the corpse like they do always return to the scene of the crime a lot of the time. But this, though, I mean, this is extreme, though, for you to Just standing around while uh, the investigation, while they're making the doing the crime put, scene putting investigation. Out a fire, putting out, you know, a burning house and yeah. you're standing there like, oh, yeah, I did this. this yeah. Is getting off. Getting, getting off. Getting some that. kind of gratification. Out That's of it, sick, sure. man. Yeah. That's sick. Mm-hmm. People standing around, what the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Just some tall, slinky black Smiling. dude. Smiling. Dirty. Yeah. Grinning. Soot. Covered in soot. It's like, why is he, what the fuck is he here for? Yeah. So he was arrested, um, brought into custody later on September 30th. And when police searched his house, they found bloodstained overalls and shoes that matched footprints discovered at the murder scene. Didn't even change his clothes. Didn't change his clothes. At the time of the murder, or at least he didn't throw them away or whatever. At the time of the murder of, at the time of the murder, Respis went by the alias Will Moore. And he was employed as a farmhand a farmhand in a field located next to the Leonard household. So he's, again, he was watching scoping things and scoping out. things out. Yeah. 
That's crazy. You just never know who's watching. And it's like, oh, I know she's, I know she catches the bus by herself at eight o'clock. Yeah. Wow. You just fucking never know, man. Some are you, you living your life and then somebody's just in a distance just watching you. Well, in a in a way less sad and fucking violent way, I talk I I talked about this on on Twitter a couple of weeks ago because some there was a there was like somebody at a Margaritaville or something watching um somebody was doing like a twerk contest mm-hmm. and then there's somebody just there filming and then they put it on Twitter like look at this person da 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 and I was like just I said always remember remember like when you're having fun and enjoying yourself there's somebody just around filming you yeah. making up their own narrative in their head like look at this dude over here fucking eating this ice cream all gay yeah. and then put it on twitter or something like that and it's like what the fuck who the fuck are like people are just always yeah having their own thing happening with you like you 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 are there's probably a video of you on the internet eating dipping dots in your car somewhere like look at this sad dude his family probably left him eating yeah. dipping dots in like, his no, car I'm, I'm enjoying my dipping dots and my, and my family loves delicious. me i'm gonna go into my family and kiss my kids this <laughs> yes. is a great time like look at this fucking loser eating dipping dots in his yeah. car that's like, it's just like people that's, just that's do that like people just film people and make up scenarios in their heads and it makes them feel good though that's what i feel like that's what it's all about though just oh yeah yeah yeah. you're so this guy's life has to be degrading worse. somebody this else this, this person's life has to yeah. be worse than mine look how embarrassed they are they should be embarrassed because they're i would never go do that thing that's so my my heart i, I have too much anxiety so if I'd be embarrassed doing that, this person must be embarrassed too. They can't be having fun. Yeah. And it's like, this person's having the time of their life. Look at him, cheer, smile. My yeah. dad's like, it's delicious, man. <laughs> what the fuck you Look talking? at him, so sad. Look at that fake smile on his face. It's like Michael B. Jordan pretending to be happy. So after questioning Respus for some time, authorities locked Respus in a, in a uh, padded cell. Mm. So Respus denied any involvement in the crime until authorities confronted him with a pair of blood-stained overalls found in his house. So Respus admitted to beating Leonard to death with a stick, stating that he had consumed copious amounts of alcohol the previous day and that the devil must have gotten a hold of me. Devil, your brain, drugs. Come on, man. He don't know what to blame it on. He probably forgot he even said that years ago. He probably forgot all about that. So a lynch mob of approximately a thousand vigilantes formed on the Guilford County Courthouse lawn by early... uh, by early on the morning of October 2nd, authorities moved Respus to the central prison in Raleigh for safeguarding from the mob violence. Because they was, boy, they was oh, going to have time with him. Oh, yeah. Man. It was going to get bad. Black party? The worst kind. Not to them. The best That's kind. the best kind of them. Make some post Beers and all kinds of shit. Around the time of Respus' arrest, two other black men, so Lacey Crutchfield and Wilson Heaton, were arrested for what they thought was involvement in the Leonard's death in spite of police admitting that they had little evidence to implicate the two. They were just rent instead of just start rounding rounding black dudes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Crutchfield and Hayden were taken to jail in Winston Salem, North North Carolina, for their own protection from lynch mob violence. But after Rispus confession, the two were released. And that's still he, dangerous. Still though. dangerous. That's what I'm saying. They, they and I was about to say that. after they probably had to like move haul ass. fucking yeah. Because you gotta wear that now. <laughs> So what were you guys in jail for? Well, they uh, accused us of being a part of that. And then it's like, well, you were a part of it. Yeah. Now you got to deal with mob violence. And you're black. So it's like, black. It's just, yeah, well, you were a part of it. Yeah. I know you were. Yep. So on Monday, October 26, 1931, Respus was arranged for charges of murder, criminal assault, and arson. All three of which carried the death penalty in North Carolina at the time. Arson? Oh, I guess arson murder. 
I guess, death in an arson? I was he did use it to burn two people's two bodies. Yeah. Um, so Respus had two court appointed uh, attorneys who focused their defense on questioning Respus sanity at the time of the crime. Good. Prior to the trial, psychiatrists analyzed Respus mental state. A mob violence was still a threat, even with Respus trial soon to begin. State officials ordered National Guardsmen to protect the courthouse. Authorities expected there to be a lynch mob violence if the trial um, court failed to sentence Respus to death. Mm. Between the time of his arraign- arrangement and the time of his tr- and the time his trial began, Respus was held in an undisclosed location for his safekeeping. I'm surprised he's doing this much to keep him safe. To be quite honest. I mean, I guess if your job is to uphold the law, your job is to uphold the law. Sure, yeah, I guess. But at the same they time... They probably wouldn't. They'd be like, man, we would love to let them Yeah, go. I mean, <laughs> but then I lose my job. Like, yeah. I, I got to keep my job, man, you know? Get messy. It's, yeah. It's messy. We can't do yeah, that. Yeah, you can't break the rules. So Respus' trial was slated for October 28th, 1931. Although he was arranged on the three charges carrying the death penalty, the prosecutors elected to try Respus only for the murder of Vera Leonard. During the trial, approximately 60 National Guardsmen stood duty outside of the courthouse. Respice jury consisted of citizens of, Forsyth, of Forsyth County, North Carolina, rather than those from Guilford County, where the murder had taken place. Mm. Well, no, what type of Can scheme, you, you know, yeah, strategy well, you, to use well, for that? Well, you, well, they probably go, this is a very high-profile case. There's not, there's a mob of, a, there's... There's 1,200 people in this town, and a thousand of them are outside with pitchforks and flames. <laughs> so I don't think we're gonna find like a, a unbiased juror in this town. Yeah. So we got to go to the town over. That's what uh, Johnny Cochran did. Or he got them. But that the- was a, that was like that was schematic. I mean, that was like a that was a strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this was a strategy too. They thought he'd have a better shot than a, a jury of 12 people from that town. Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah. So two of Risper's co-workers undermine his sanity defense by stating that they had never witnessed this dude having any type of mental health breakdown or episode or acting strangely in the decade that they knew they knew who he, yeah. they knew this person he does the crossword puzzle every week yeah. like you know this guy's really intelligent additionally a mental health expert who had examined his brain his his mental state four times since his arrest stated that he believed that respite was sane there was nothing wrong with this dude mm. So Respus' trial lasted for one day, and the jury took less than one hour to deliberate before convicting him for, of murder. Judge Thomas J. Shaw sentenced Respus to death in an electric chair mm. and scheduled the execution for January 8, 1932. The first time Respus was seriously considered a suspect in any murder prior to that of Vera Leonard was during his trial. While he underwent questioning by a group, of, a group consisting of his attorneys, some um, psychiatrists and some county officials during a noon recess of the court Respus mentioned having committed two murders in Guilford County and four more in Northampton County. The additional confessions were only reported in the news after Respus trial for the murder of Vera Leonard concluded with his guilt, his guilty verdict and death sentence. So he did, he put a, he just like, after him being charged for that and sentenced for this, he was like, went all the way. In. I did. Six more. Yeah. And four penny and four pound. So Respus only attempted to avoid execution with a plea for executive clemency um, from North Carolina's governor at the time, which was immediately denied. On January 6th, two days before his execution, one of Respus' death row attorneys 
Tyree C. Taylor announced that he would not have a board of psychiatrists examine Respa's mental state, thereby permitting his client's execution to move forward without any further legal challenges, telling guards as they delivered his last meal of sardines and crackers. If Governor Gardner was to free me today, I would tell him I would rather die in an electric chair. Respus also said, I'd rather be dead and in heaven than here on earth being tormented to death. On July 8, 1932, at 10.30 a.m., Respus was executed by electric chair at the Central Prison in Raleigh. Witnesses to his execution included Guilford County Deputy Sheriff Murray Benbow and C.S. C.S. Diskins, the principal of the school that Vera Leonard had attended when she was murdered. Mm. Respus was reported to have be, been singing a have been singing a song before his execution was carried out. This is a sick. Following guy. his following his execution, nobody stepped forward to claim his body, and his body lay in a local morgue. Damn, just buried him with a stick with his prison number on it, probably. Yep. Mm. Singing on the way out. That's scary. Yeah, man. So that was the story now, of... Now, my question to you is... Before, Asbury yeah. Rispus. Yes. Um, do you think that was his one last attempt that maybe they go, you know what? This guy's singing before we flip the switch. Hell let's, no. let's Maybe he is crazy. Let's nah. uh, call this whole thing off. Nah. So then that makes me think he is crazy then. I mean, like, what? What? what's the point of doing that? If you're singing? not just crazy. Humming a tune or whatever it was. Think it was for comfort? He was comforting himself. No, I think it was just like a fuck you. Just, just lean into just the like, villain. Just lean into. He being already the said, man. I rather if he let me go today. I rather, I rather die on the tree. He just said he it. He did say that. Yeah. He said it. So he's basically like, wow. he, he's right there. Like, go. I don't give a shit. Ready to go. Not just I'm gonna sing my song. Wow. I'm gonna eat my sardines and crackers, and that's what his last. It is what was. it is. I missed that. sardines and crackers. Yeah. This guy has no imagination, man. Sorry. So it isn't cracking. I'm going to sing my favorite song before, you know, the lights get turned off. And that's that's it, man. He's not like out here, like denying anything. Yeah. What would be the last song you'd want to hear before Death Row? The last song. That's a great question. It's a great question. The last song probably would be um, Celine Dion. Um, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, I was I was serious. I, was, I love Celine no, Dion. Me too. But that was um the last song. Probably Michael Jackson Human Nature. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. That would be that thing would be my last song. How about yours? What would yours be? Um I'd have to go with I want some I want some up tempo. Okay. So I'm gonna go um How Deep Is Your Love by uh, Calvin Harris. It's like an EDM song. Mm. I love that song. It makes me want a white girl dance. We put your or put your arms up and you're waving your arms around. Like the little, like the inflatable uh Yeah, like the inflatable arm flailing too, yeah. man. And then you're grabbing groceries. It makes me do want to do those dances. And I'm grabbing the I'm grabbing the groceries. Grab the groceries. Sprinkler. <laughs> makes me want to do those kind of dances. So I'd really <laughs> want to go out with a high. I don't wanna cause really if I wanted to get really like introspective and sad, I would play uh, Phoebe Bridger's funeral. But I don't mm-hmm. want to listen to that before I die. It's you know funeral. That's the name of the song. It's not a Halloween. It, don't worry about it. How was it not? I don't know Halloween. It's theme. just about funerals. It's not about. It's not Halloween themed. It just is about. It's just, I came. I came across an Instagram the other day. I shouldn't even have brought it up. It's and, how, um, Calvin Harris. How deep is your life? Yeah, I came across an Instagram the other day, and um, 
I wasn't too far off than what I, how I thought she was going to be. <laughs> what do you so, mean? What do you mean? Just very like gothic themed Halloween. <laughs> it's not Halloween. Type. Gothic. I'll, gothic. I'll. I'll lean. I'll give you that. Yeah. Halloween. So how did? Not to get off track here. I know you have a story to tell, but what made you? How did you? You know, come across her music and go. Oh, I, I like I like her music. I um have bouts of minimal depression and I like hearing really sad music sometimes. Mm. And she makes really good, really sad music. It's like really bummer. Mu- Imagine I was in a crowd of 10,000 people. That, she went to a concert and every song was like, I'm, he died today and everybody died. It's like acoustic. Is that the type of music she plays? Yeah. Acoustic, sad music. And, it, but everybody was like, fuck Yeah. This is the best ever, but it never got above a certain decibel. Like there was yeah. never any, except there's one song she fucking wails. But it was mostly like fucking sad songs. The full the moon was out. You enjoy that? I had a great time. I was so sad, man. I was just blissfully sad. And sometimes it feels good, man. I told you sometimes I watch out. People, um, well, those aren't sad, but like they make me cry. Sometimes I like to have a good cry. Um, like family from coming home and surprising their family oh, from I love military those. videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, get, I get a little teary. A little. I get teary. <sighs> Man. Now imagine doing that and you're ha- you have Phoebe Bridges' funeral on, on your AirPods yeah, at the same simultaneously. Man, I'm in here thinking about ending everything. Yeah, man, I can't. That's too much, man. That was dark. I didn't mean yeah, to say yeah. I didn't mean to. Uh, no, no, it's no, already no, hard enough being a black man too, in America. That was too and then, you know, we far. do true crime stories. Was, yeah, and that, you listen to Phoebe Bridges. Like, man, how do you, you are tripling up on it, man. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I should, I should, yeah, I should watch, much, some, I should get some positivity. Mix it, I'll mix it up with some positivity. Yeah, yeah, no, Please bro. do that. <laughs> For mental health sake. Yeah, yeah, fair. That's a good point. That's fair. I accept, I take that on. Hey, man, I accept that and I take that on and I will work on that. I'm glad you recognize Thank that. you, man. I appreciate it. Because now saying it out loud, I was like, that counts. You that and everything? You know, was, That's wild. No, was, That's like, crazy to say. Hey, man, you know, let's go ahead and throw it yeah, to break. Throw it to break. Go ahead and throw it to break. Um, I forgot what we left. I'm finished. Right? I finished my story. Yeah, okay, so. Tell my story now as the album's uh-huh. turn. And we go Great to, story. Yo, stay, stay with us. We're gonna play some bills and we'll be right back. Right back. <laughs> All right, and we are back, Fran. My affirmative murder this week. I'm gonna do a little bit of a a slight trigger warning, I guess. I, I think so. I mean, I guess every episode should come with one of these. I mean, we're talking about really sad stories and stuff, but this one. It's not particularly, I mean, it's, it's, it, it gets graphic at times. I'll just go ahead and throw the trigger warning out there just okay. in case. Um, this is my, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Terrell Peterson. Um, I got my, my source was several, art, uh, several articles online. Murderpedia has some stuff. Um, um, local papers and uh, a YouTube channel called Storm. Okay. Storm. Shout out to Storm. <clears throat> So, Terrell Peterson was born on March 1st, 1992 in Atlanta, Georgia. Terrell was born with cocaine in his bloodstream because his mother was living with an addiction to crack cocaine. Mm. She would neglect Terrell along with his uh, two siblings, Tommy and Tasha, locking them in their rooms without food and also leaving Terrell with her mother, who was very sick and unable to properly care for the children. Mm. There were many reports filed by concerned neighbors who would get knocks at their door at all times of the day and night from Terrell and his siblings desperately asking for food. After a few years of reports 
making the rounds around the Georgia Department of Children and Family Services, his mother was convinced to relinquish her parental rights for the good of the children. Terrell and his siblings were placed in custody with, with their grandmother, Farina, and her daughter, Terry Lynn Peterson, who was living with her mother along with her boyfriend, Calvin Pittman. This situation was complicated by the fact that although Tommy and Tasha were related to Farina and Terry Lynn, Terrell was not. He was their half-sibling. So just in case that's confusing to anybody, when I said they, they, uh, his biological mother would take him to her grandmother, that was not Farina. That was her mother. So this is Tommy and Tasha's grandmother, and they don't have the same. This is by the, the dad that they have. They're, their dad is the same. Okay. So this is their dad's grandmother or gotcha. their dad's mother. Okay. And that is not Terrell's grandmother. Okay. But because they're a group, they're all siblings, they all went to the same grandparent. Okay. According to DCFS protocol, when a child is removed from a home, he is to be placed with a blood relative and monthly visits from a caseworker are supposed to be assigned to the child while under supervision of said relative. When he is removed from the home. When he's removed, when, when a child is removed from a home, they're supposed to go to a blood relative. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yes. Right. So he didn't go. So already protocol is being broken. Yeah. But I guess they let it go because his siblings are his family and mm-hmm. they, this is their blood relative. I'm sure they thought they were doing the right thing and keeping them together. Yeah. Which I think is, if you can, whenever I hear stories like this and they go, this this brother was sent to this house and the, yeah, like, if you can like keep that. them all together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do that. So I think, I don't want to hold that against them even though it comes up this is a very sad case and it gets very deep and the DCFS of Georgia comes into play as like kind of a villain role for not handling things properly. But I think in, th- in this part alone, I think they probably felt like they were doing the right thing by keeping them all together. But anyway, back to the protocol. Um, so they're supposed to go to a blood relative. Corporal punishment of any kind was also not allowed. So if you got any whiff of that as a caseworker, you're supposed to remove them from the situation. Mm. None of these protocols were followed in the case of Terrell Peterson. Within six months under Farina's roof, with no caseworker visiting monthly, or even at all, the abuse began for Terrell. On December 3rd, 1996, an eighth complaint was was filed at the DCFS concerning Terrell. But this time it was for physical abuse. A few days prior, on Thanksgiving, Terrell's biological mother was allowed to have him for the holiday. I'm not sure if she had all of the kids, but she had him. She was allowed to have at least Terrell for the holiday. She noticed scratches and bruises all over Terrell's body, and he was sent to the hospital, where doctors filed a complaint once, once she explained the situation. Shortly after his visit, Terrell was diagnosed with BCS, which stands for battered child syndrome, which is something that a child will be diagnosed with if they've suffered abuse for an extended period of time. Okay. When asked about his bruises, Terrell explained that Farina had beat him for urinating in his clothes. Mm. That night, Farina Peterson was placed under arrest for reckless misconduct. Terrell was placed back in, into the custody of his mother with an order not to return him to Farina's home. The following week, Farina was in court to face her charges. No caseworker brought Terrell to court or even showed up on his behalf, and therefore the charges against Farina were dismissed. Mm, wow. She didn't face her accuser. So they, just, they, just, they dismissed the case. Just one day later, Terrell was back in the custody of Farina Peterson, whose defense against the charges was that Terrell just kept falling all the time and getting into fights at school. He had bruises all over his So he went, they sent him back. They sent him back. The case was dismissed, so there was no charges of her 
there, you know, like it, it, is it because she didn't show up. He didn't show. He up. He didn't show up. So the okay. case got dismissed, and then legally, she retained her custody of the kids, and so they sent her back to where he was. She was supposed to be. So they kept her. So the, so they were so they were dropped. They were they were dismissed. They was dismissed. But how do how do you dismiss it if the accuser didn't the accuser come. don't they, they didn't come they didn't up. have anybody to come there was no witness that I mean there was no there was no other half there was no there was no prosecution there's no warrant or nothing that. No, she was filing like they were. These were like, um, like if you file assault charges against somebody, they have to come and they have to come to court. Yeah, nobody came to court, so the the charges, the charges were dropped. But why? But you know what I mean, though. Why isn't like a warrant for like? There was no. She was under arrest. They uh, they arrested her the night that he said that in the hospital. Oh, okay. She was in jail for a week, and then she had a, a court date, hmm. and she had a trial, and then nobody showed up. Next, it's like if the best way I can put it to you is like if you go to court for a speeding ticket and the cop doesn't show up. I mean, it's just you know, it's the same. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot more complicated in this case. Yeah, but yeah. like, the cops not there. There's nobody here to accuse you of the charges, so they dropped them. The the, the system just failed to roll. Somebody was supposed to go pick him up and bring him there and and handle his case. I was just I was just hoping that like they get a warrant put on him, and it's like no, we no no. But she was already in arrest. This person. Okay. She was already arrested. Okay. Yeah, she was already right. arrested. That was my point. Though. Yeah, yeah. She, like, I mean, person, I'm, I'm, she should like is. I mean, like, shouldn't if, just be if, dismissed. Well, if you don't show up to your court date, they put a bench warrant out on you. But That's she was under. Up. She was no. I'm saying not the kid. I'm saying oh. her, the person who's facing the charges. Right. If she hadn't shown up, they would have put a warrant out on her. But she was under arrest. She was already in custody, mm-hmm. and they brought her from custody to the trial. But if she wouldn't have got arrested, they told her come to court on this day, and then she didn't come there. They would have put a bench warrant out on her. Gotcha. So yeah, if you don't show up to court when. You, but if you're not in custody, if you don't show up to your court date, yeah, they put a warrant on you. Right. Yeah. But that yeah. wasn't the case here because she was arrested. Still think it's fair. Well, yeah. Hey, if you're looking for fair in the criminal justice system, you don't hold your breath. Uh, so, like I said, Farina gained, regained custody of Terrell. He was sent back into the house, and the charges were dismissed. So less than a month later after gaining custody back, Terrell was back in the very same hospital that he had come from uh, when his mother took him, for standing on a heating grate a week prior to the visit. Farina said she hadn't brought him into the hospital sooner because she was attempting to treat the injuries herself at home. Okay, so burns. Burns on his, his feet. feet. Dr. Randall Ag- Alexander, who was the... What year is this? I'm sorry. 1990. This is like 1996 okay. now. He's like four. Because you don't see those a lot now. Heating grates? Yeah. We've uh, come further as a society. It's like, just put this really hot metal box in a room and eventually it'll get so hot that it'll, the whole room will like, you know, heat, the heat spreads. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause then you have this really dangerous thing in your house that like you could bump up against, burn your arm, which yeah. I've done as a young kid. I definitely bumped against a radiator a couple of times. Radiator? Yeah. I don't think I've had one. No? Excuse me. Fancy central air man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, so Dr. Randall Alexander, who was the physician who like looked over Terrell when he, Terrell, when they brought him in, mm-hmm. took issue with her story because he said, quote, if something is hot, you're going to jump off it as fast as you can. A four-year-old is going to get off of that. That's true. Yeah. So it's true. He was burned. It was, the burns were bad enough that it was like, he was, it was on him. No before. way he was doing it. It wasn't just like a quick, like, right. He wasn't like stepped on it real quick and then jumped right. off. Yeah. So his burns were so bad that he needed to have skin grafts. It was clear that this injury was re- was retaliation for Terrell Peterson having the audacity to try to save his own life and tell tell the truth about where his injuries came from when mm. he was having Thanksgiving dinner with his mom. Yeah, like his she's mad at him for pointing the finger at her for yeah. beating him. And, you know, so it was very dangerous to give her custody back. Yeah, you know, after that, after a trial in which she's accused of beating him, you send him back into the home. Yeah. It just was the system failed him so many times. Right, Dem Burns wasn't 
Those w- didn't happen. On he didn't. Yeah, he wasn't just like walking around in the dark and like to go to the bathroom and stepped on the. You had to get skin graft, right? Did you had to do that. No, oh. they man. Let me talk about. This. I burned my arm. They. I got cosmetic surgery. So what they did was I had these keloids on my arm. I still do. They're less. They're less bad than they were. What they did was they split the. They split the scar down the middle and then pulled the skin closer together. So okay. they basically like cut off the keloid, but then it re-keloided. You know. Yeah. Um. So they're smaller scars, but. No, I didn't get a skin graft. Because I got I got keloids on my, my shoulder. Uh-huh. And it was from like a scar a long time ago. But I I got to keep getting, I think I told you this before, I got to keep getting steroids put in it. No, because, because it, it grows. Because it grows. Because it, it. it itch. And then, you know, my um, dermatologist said by it being on the shoulder, uh-huh. your Rub shirt is it, always rubbing against it. it and stuff. So it's like always, it's always, it's going to get growing. And then I got to go and get like needle put in it every now and then. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. What else can I do for, so I can just get rid of it? I don't want to. They can't cut it off? I think, I think at some point when it's like, Gotta get big enough to when it gets big enough. With it, like okay, we just gotta cut it off. But now it's just like I gotta go get steroids, steroids put, put in it, and it goes. The steroids down. make it go down. It make it go down. It like eats up whatever is the the Got scar it. tissue inside breaks it down. I would think steroids would make it like a super keloid. Like you make it stronger. You would think, yeah, yeah. You would think that's my. Dumb but that's not how. Yeah, that's not how science. Science. Well, science you would think it makes it stronger, like the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how I think things work. Like superhero stuff. Like yeah, you put steroids in it, then it gets bigger, it gets angry, it gets yeah. bigger. Um, but yeah, so he had to get skin grafts on his feet, um, and Terrell was admitted into the hospital eventually, and skin was taken taken from his hip and placed on his feet. Mm. That's crazy, man. He put back in, put back in that home. Yeah, it's really a big failure on the part of the DCFS down there in Atlanta. So yeah, but it it can it continues to happen. So no police were called. She brought him in, saying he burned his feet so bad that he needed skin grafts. No police were called. No report was filed. That's that's uh that's bold for her to do. To, yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure his. I bet his feet probably were like infected or something. You know, like he had for her to go like, oh, he's he was standing on the. He just stood on the grate, like, real. What? You know, yeah. The doctor was like, this is he. He stood on the grate for five minutes. <laughs> no way. Is he? Does he? Was he doing like a walk on coals type of thing? Where he's like, I'm gonna uh, nothing can burn yeah. my feet. Like it, it was a, some kind of trial by fire thing. Like this was not an accident. He didn't step on this really quick. He stood on these long. He stood on that whatever the thing was. He stood on it long enough for it to burn his feet so severely that we mm. had to do a skin graft. He's four years old. Yeah. So yeah, but although the doctor was skeptical of her story, like I said, there was no, there was no uh, police were not involved in this. There was no report even filed, and there was not even a follow up by the DCFS at the home to talk to his siblings or the daughter of Farina who lived there or her boyfriend to go like, so what happened? They didn't even do that. They didn't even go follow up in the home. Hmm. He was discharged from the hospital right back into the care of Farina. For the next year after that hospital visit, Terrell would be severely abused and tortured with belts, telephone cords, shoes, and he was starved, tied to a banister with pantyhose, and forced to sleep on a wooden plank. So just horrendous conditions. Terrible. And I don't understand how you can do this to to anybody. Yeah. But a child, nonetheless, you know, it's like really, it's so foul. Like, it's like the most evil shit ever. On January 15th, 1998, Terrell was sent to the same hospital once again. But this time he was under cardiac arrest Mm. because according to his aunt Terry, he was feeling tired when she tried to feed him around 9 p.m. that night. Right. After numerous attempts to revive little six-year-old, ter- uh, little six-year-old Terrell, he was pronounced dead at, at the hospital at 10.55 p.m. We'll try to feed him now when he's malnourished. Well, she probably was just lying. Like, yeah. And just said, like, oh, I know he was, he was really tired, so we brought him into the hospital. I think we tried to feed him a steak dinner, like we always do every night. But, I mean, to say that 
you knowing why he's about to die and you're like yeah oh we tried to no you did haven't feed that's yeah. the problem you haven't fed him yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh it's all pretty awful his body was covered in bruises and lacerations that terry had no answers for and an autopsy was immediately conducted after terrell's death which showed that terrell had died from severe abuse over a long period of time and he was also at a point of near starvation he weighed a heartbreaking 29 pounds mm. when the average six-year-old weighed at the time, like which is 39, 40 pounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was 10. But you got to, so you go 10 pounds, that's not a lot, but it's like, that's like a fourth of, of his weight that he's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. Like 10 pounds when you're only supposed to weigh 40 pounds is a lot. That's a fourth of your weight. Yeah. He weighed the, a fourth less of a weight than a, a kid his age. Yeah. It's yeah. like six, right? Six. Six. Yep. Yeah, six. Like 40, six. 45 pounds. Yeah. Yep. yep. So he was 29 pounds, which like, I mean, again, when you talk about, being underweight for that size, I mean, his ribs probably it's were like showing. a two-year-old. It's like a three-year-old. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's it was it was bad. So um, reports, yeah, reports started coming into DCFS shortly after his death that Terrell was forced was force fed, which would explain the lacerations on his lips. So basically, they found a note, and they believe it was from Farina, and they believe it was instructions to Terry, mm-hmm. which will come into play as to like the fate of Terry and her boyfriend later. They found a note that said, for breakfast, he gets oatmeal. For lunch, he gets grits. For dinner, he gets grits. His hands are always tied. What? Like like uh, instructions on how to take care of somebody's dog while they're gone for two weeks. That was the note that they found in the house. Like, he gets oatmeal. To who? I'm assuming to Terry Lynn, her daughter. Just like, if she was not there, this is, here's, this is what happens. This is what you're supposed to do for him. So he gets oatmeal. Grits for lunch, grits for dinner, which is grits, like grits, and I like grits, but not every. That's not a. That's, but that's not a. There's no nutrition. There's nothing. Grits. I yeah. don't even know. Really know. I don't really know what a grit is. In the words <laughs> of Joe Pesci, what is a grit? I don't what know the. New, I think it's corn meal or something. I don't even. know. I thought it was like. Uh, I thought it was like uh, cream rice. I guess so, but I don't know what. There's no nutritional value to if it. If you hook it up, it's, it is delicious. If you hook it up, sure, but not if it's every. This kid, six years and, old, is like for they dinner had, for lunch. That's crazy oatmeal. We get he gets lunch for breakfast. He gets oatmeal. For lunch, he gets grits. For dinner, he gets grits. So, yeah, I get why eventually he's like, I don't want to eat this. Yeah. I don't want to eat this. Was grits like the cousin oatmeal? <sighs> they're, no, they're more like rivals. Okay. You either eat grits you or you want yeah, okay. yeah, It's not like, war? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a Pop-Tart, uh, Toast mm. Stroop type of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. see. Yeah. It's also like savory versus sweet grits um, um, clubs. Like, who's which side do you fall on? I like both. But, you know, I get some people are in camps. What's the difference? Well, you know, like... um. Grits with like butter and garlic sauce and stuff like you'd have shrimp and grits. That's savory. Ugh. That's savory. I love it. It's delicious. You're wrong. Um, sounds, or you do like you know grits, sweet grits with butter sugar. and sugar and yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the I like both though. Yeah, but with shrimp in it, you're wrong. I'm not wrong. That I, sounds disgusting. I promise you, you're wrong. Um, well, I'll try to tell you that salmon and mustard is delicious, and you like no, you're wrong. Salmon, I'm like man. that is delicious. What I said, <laughs> salmon. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Be you. Be you. Sorry. Be you. But my point is, he's getting this every day with his hands tied behind his back. I can understand why eventually they had to force feed him because I'd be like, I don't want to eat this shit anymore, man. I don't, I'm over it. Then the uh, grits is one of those things where it's like the consistency will get to you eventually. If you eat it enough, you'll be like, I can't, it's, it's done a mental block for me. I can't even, something this mushy, I don't even want to eat it ever again. Like if I had grits, not by force, but if I was at a place that had grits and I had grits like more than three times in a week, I probably would not have grits for a long time. 
Because I'd be like, the mushiness is just like, I need a break. Mm. He didn't get you a get break. You get tired of think you did anything, though, right? Yeah, exactly. But this kid was eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, grits, grits all the time, and nothing yeah. else. And then his arms are tied behind his back, and eventually he didn't want to eat it anymore. But they're like, well, he's got to eat something. We can't not feed him. So they would force the spoon into his mouth. Yeah. And you're not you're not getting any of the nutrients you need. Nothing. You're not getting anything. Again, I don't know what a grit is. I don't know what a grit is. I guess if you put sugar in it, you get sugar. But I would imagine they just made them straight raw grits with no pizzazz to it because they hated this kid, clearly. And hot. Yeah, hot. Isn't that like a thing you throw grits on, hot grits on somebody? Isn't that like a thing? I guess so. I don't know if they did that to him, but I've Uh, heard of that, I guess, maybe in like a Medea movie or something. That sounds like something that would be in a Medea movie. Grits are made of ground corn. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, ground corn. Yeah. Corn's, corn has no nutritional value either. It doesn't? No. Isn't it a vegetable? I guess technically. Yeah, it's a vegetable, but like your body doesn't even process corn. That's why oh, sometimes you shit out pieces, pieces of corn. Because your body- It just goes through? Yeah, it doesn't, does, it doesn't fully digest corn. Mm. Yeah, so I don't know if there's nothing to really absorb from corn. It's delicious though. It is very delicious. I love corn. I love corn more than I tell you like this. If you were to make me eat food, I'd rather you make me eat corn on the cob than corn than grits. Still on your teeth. I don't like that. Yeah, fair. <laughs> point. <laughs> fair, I guess. Yeah, it's very vain of you to be like, yeah, you little, little pieces of corn in your teeth. Yeah, so that's a good point. Uh, so, <laughs> so like I said, reports started coming in that of all the things people started calling and making reports about the things that they seen Terrell going through mm. about him being, being force fed with a spoon tied up. Yeah. Um, what about school and stuff like that? Well, he was six. I mean, it's not, un- oh, it's shit. not unusual that a six year old might not be in school. I mean, sure. it's getting to the point, but it depends on the environment, the world. Yeah, yeah. Then he's going through his DCFS thing. Like people probably weren't asking questions about school. Yeah. True. Now his brother was, his sister was 11 and his brother was like nine at the time. So I'm sure they, they were, were going, in school and, and they were her biological Grandkids, Farinas. Mm. So they, she probably treated them. She definitely treated them a lot better than they treat than she treated Terrell. True. So they were probably in school. And then that hurt. That fucks you up because you, as your sibling, are like you're getting fed and not being tied up, and they were dunking his head in the toilet. Somebody can report about that. So none of this stuff is happening to you, but it's happening to your little brother. Yeah. You know. So that's got to be a mind fuck. Yeah. yeah. But to do that, somebody just because. Well, no, no, your blood. Well. They were abu- they were abusing him before then, but then once he snitched, for lack of a better word, once he told his mother that that's where his bruises came from, and then she had to go to court and that whole ordeal, they definitely turned things up a notch after that, uh, several notches. So it started off like, I don't want you here, but I can't. You, you come along with the, my grandkids. But then, so she would probably just anything. She said he peed in his pants, so she beat him. And then from- But it all stemmed from it not being her biological grandson. I assume that's why she treated him differently, yeah. That's what I'm saying, either way. But I'm saying once he told his mother, his biological mother, what happened, what and happened? Then she had to go to she had to go to get arrested and she all it, that she stuff. Turned it, turned it up a little and then bit. he yeah, goes yeah. back to the house. Yeah. yeah I mean I'm fine. not saying he might not have eventually succumbed to all this torture if that hadn't happened, if he if he had never told his mom what happened, but I, I think that it was definitely turned up a It was going I think it was going that way either. Yeah, I don't either I won't fight you on that for sure. I mean yeah. it was it this should none of this should have been happening and he should have been re- removed from the home. 50 times before it got to this level at all but i'll proceed so farina peterson terry lynn peterson and her boyfriend calvin Pittman were charged with the murder of terrell and each were given a sentence of life in prison good yeah the georgia dcfs failed terrell peterson on every level even when the blatant signs of physical abuse were clear and present administrator of the atlanta area office of the dcfs claimed to be outraged at the loss of precious life but stated that all the proper protocols were followed which is grotesquely untrue because 
If that were the case, Terrell wouldn't have even been in the home in the first place because Farina Peterson was not a blood relative of Terrell's. Now, like I said, I don't want to. I didn't want to hold them that against them. Just speaking objectively, if you don't take everything into consideration, I think that siblings, if they grow up in a house together and something happens, they should be kept together if you can if you can manage it. So I don't want to hold that against them. But there's a bunch of other things to hold against the DCFS down there in Atlanta in this case, mm. aside from me being like, okay, well, the keeping them together thing, I kind of understand where they were going with that. So I don't want to use that as a strike. But if you're going to say all the protocols were followed, that is just not true. Because if that was true, he would not be in the same house with them in the first place. But I don't want to hold that against them. But that's not protocol. He shouldn't have been there. He was not of blood relation to anybody in that home other than his siblings. But again... I think that siblings should be kept together. But you're not following. Don't come out and say all the protocols were followed because that's not true. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation before like that where it's like you've been around some siblings or whatever, some family members, and they was getting treated better than you, like cousins or something at the time? Ooh, uh, no. I've had my own battles. My dad has a lot of kids, um, mm. us, like with other women. Yeah. And I had my own battles of like perceiving that. Mm. Like I'm having a Christmas at my house. I'm just imagining christmas at their house and him being like you're the best son ever son i don't even have any other sons like throwing them in the sky <laughs> like I'm having, yeah. I'm having those kind of flash you know i you know i i had moments of that in my childhood of being yeah, like yeah. they're probably all in matching pajamas and eating cookies that the, the his new wife baked and all this type of stuff you have those kind of things yeah. but actually seeing it in the per- no and whenever i would go over there and treat everybody great we all get pizza and laugh yeah. and everything and i leave and be like they all get to live in the same house with my dad and I don't yeah, get to live yeah, with my yeah. dad. And they probably all laugh at me when I leave the house. Fucking sounds fucking. I remember one time, uh, my cousin came over my house and I guess I was, I was getting, well, I wasn't, I was getting jealous cause I can't remember cause of something. And it was like, I felt like that my mom was treating my cousin better than me. Mm. I remember man was like radio. Like, you know, when I are you was, going home? I was, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was about to write a note to my mom. Like I'm out of here. You know, you treat him better him than me. Be son, yeah, I was, I'll, I'll never get that. I was better to roll up out of there, right? <laughs> but if you were to get in the time machine and go look back at that moment, she probably was just treating him like a guest. Like a guest, yeah. yeah like, exactly. like, so you didn't ask me if I want uh, extra marshmallows in my hot cocoa. Yeah. It's like, right. well, you know where the hot, you know where the marshmallows are. You can get as many yeah, marshmallows was, as was, you want. I was ready to get about it there, right? <laughs> No, nah, no, nah, you know, yeah, nah. um, I, I if I was going down that road, I probably had some moments like yeah. that. Actually, no. If anything, it was me causing that kind of thing. I go to people's house. I was all chubby as a kid. Like, do you want an extra piece of, Yo, of uh, cornbread? <laughs> I would love it. Thank you. I got a napkin in my neck and my shirt tucked in. I got forks and knife banging on the table. And my my cousin's like, I'm fucking hungry, man. Why does kid get all this extra food? You know the food. Yeah, it's like, Thank you. Ooh, yo, this is the best rib I've ever had in my life. It's delicious. Please take more ribs, have more. Like, fucking so. Oh, if man. anything, I was probably that kid in a lot of situations. But as far as with my siblings, I can recall having those thoughts. But actually seeing it, I never saw it. Yeah. Like I said, uh, the the three adults in the home were given life sentences. The DCFS failed Terrell on so many levels. And then for the for the administrator of the DCFS down there in Atlanta to come out and say all the protocols were followed when Terrell shouldn't have been in the home because he was not a blood relative of Farina Peterson, as well as the fact that there was not a caseworker assigned to his uh, his situation. Wow. So there was no monthly visits, not even just like sporadic monthly visits. There were no monthly visits. There was no caseworker on assignment to come in and go one bruise. Yeah. You know, to catch it early. So then you catch his mother catches it when his body's full of bruises. Because there was nobody there along the way to, to pull him out in any of the months since he had moved into that house with that family. So, yeah, I mean, 
None of the protocols. You shouldn't have seen got sent back there, man. That's fucked up. No, I mean, yeah, to go and then to go through the whole trial situation, not be brought. No, there's no. He doesn't even have a proper, um, you know, defense team to go pick him up and bring him to the trial, and so the case gets dismissed. That's already bad enough. So his his, his abuser doesn't face prosecution, but then they bring him back to the home, so he didn't show up. He didn't show up. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Didn't. That's why I was like, a war- that's why I, I was like, what you were talking. That's about. What I was, I was trying to tell you, like, you know, she was there. The I, kid wasn't there. That's why I was like, the kid didn't show up. That's why I was like, how is she didn't show up? And it's nothing, and no, no, it no. just get dismissed. Yeah. She was arrested, and she was there. No, okay, that's what the I was kid, saying. The kid wasn't picked he up and brought there. He's six, so that's somebody crazy. had to. There wasn't supposed to be an adult. Whoever his legal team was was supposed to pick him up and bring him there, or just be there to represent him. Right. I don't okay. even know if he necessarily had to be there, but somebody had to be there. Okay. On that's why I was like. She don't show up and nothing happens. What? Yeah, I didn't, we were really okay. on different pages. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm trying to. I'll okay. give you an analogy. So he couldn't. He didn't. He, he wasn't didn't there. Him. That's fuck. And what? there was no representative there for his case. Nobody, because he didn't have a. He didn't have a. Uh, a care worker on his. He didn't have called. a case worker, but he also didn't have a, a lawyer on his case. And it's interesting. That goes into a whole bunch of stuff. I read some other stuff where it was like he had a he had a uh, an attorney on his case, but the attorney didn't pick him up and bring him there. And then later on, he tried to sneak a. He tried to sneak in a file into the case that said the judge didn't believe that he was abused. So he, wow. so he, so he, he, he ruled against it. Wow. He ruled against and that, but that's not what happened. The case was dismissed. There was not a, the, the judge heard the case and then decided that he didn't believe what happened. The case was just dismissed, but in order to save his own ass for not bringing in Terrell to the to court or showing up, he put a file into the case that said, yeah, the judge didn't believe that Terrell was abused. So that's why he threw mm-hmm. the case out. I got you. Not, not there was no case, there was no trial yeah. to happen. So that's why the case was dismissed. So he did that to cover his own ass. What happened because of that? I'm not sure. I don't know if he was disbarred or I don't. Really I hope know. so. Yeah, same. If that was, if that's what happened. Yes. So like I said, there were no, none of the proper protocols were, were followed. Terrell's death led mm-hmm. to tons of of reform, firings, and grandstanding for the uh, following few years in Atlanta, Georgia. Where it stands today, I do not know. But it seems like every city has many stories that sound like Terrell Peterson's. We like uh, talk about Gabriel Fernandez's case, the, the documentary on Netflix. Yeah. This is almost exactly the same yeah, yeah. thing. You know what I'm saying? That's the so, first thing I thought about. It. Yeah, and and but this is there's there's hundreds of Gabriel Fernandez's. There's hundreds of Terrell Peterson's. Like there's some kind of fundamental problem within the DF, DCFS. I don't know if it's underfunding. I don't know if it's you know people in general, us as people not looking out. You know, because it takes a village. So I don't know if it's people not being a village in a lot of these cases and paying. Well, did we talk to somebody that was? That worked in. We have a lot of listeners that work yeah. for the DCFS, and they're like they're overwhelmed. And they, yes, with, and it's like I, yeah. I do my best that I as I can as a, as a DCFS worker, but there's not enough people to yeah. handle all these cases, and kids fall through the cracks. But it sounds like if it's one caseworker to every 100 cases, that's a lot of kids falling through the crack. It's not just like one or two fall through the cracks. A lot of kids fall through the cracks, and sometimes it's not as bad as a Terrell Peterson or Gabriel Fernandez. Sometimes the kid doesn't die, but they could get traumatized, abused severely injured and, and and affected in ways that will carry they'll carry with them for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. you know so i don't know if we need to allocate more dollars and, you know to staffing and supporting these agencies like the dcfs or if we need to just do a better job as a society as of protecting our most vulnerable citizens but there's some kind of flaw an inherent flaw in the system that needs to be worked out because this this story is from 1996 the gabriel fernandez story is from like 2015 and there have been more since then Tons of more, countless mores that don't, their name didn't make the headlines. They didn't get a Netflix documentary. None of those things happened. Terrell Peterson, a, a couple years after he died, the the year he was, the year after his, the year after his case was finished and they, you know, you know, um, 
sentenced everybody, the case was sealed. So all the details weren't even available to the public. Mm. Somebody had to fight. A, a lawyer had to fight to have the case unsealed. And then in 1998, two years later, 60 Minutes did a documentary on why, it. Now, why would they put a seal on it? What was, what I was mean, it? my guess would be because it made the DCFS look terrible. But you I don't know. For that? Is that money? Is there a kill money for that or something? No, I think the just up to the judge. I think the oh, judge can shit. just seal a case. Hmm. Now, why? I, that's a guess is why I said, but if I had to make, it's a kid. This kid isn't the son of a president or something like that. Why was his case sealed? Except yeah. for the fact that the DCFS looks horrible in it. So if I had to guess, I would say maybe that has something to do with it. But again, a lawyer fought. But I mean, they would have to like send something in for the judge to make that decision, though, right? Um, judge, I don't know how sealing. I don't know how case sealings work. But the case was sealed for a year, and then the lawyer came in and fought, advocated for the case being unsealed so the public can know what happened. That happened. The case was unsealed. Then 60 Minutes did a documentary on it on Terrell Peterson about two years after the case was solved and after his murder. And um, then, you know, some podcasts have covered the case and it just kind of lives on the way that Gabriel Fernandez's case lives on. Mm. But yeah, man, um, it's really sad. Young kid, six years old, went through all that hell by the, by the time he was six years old, you mm. know, and then died. So rest in peace to rest in peace, to, rest in peace to Terrell Peterson. And uh, yeah, that was my affirmative murder. Uh, let's go ahead and get into these good vibes before the weight of all that stuff sets in, huh? Hello and welcome to another Good Vibes segment. Um, Fran, it's my turn to drop those vibes off first this week. And um, my Good Vibes story is about a new study that's um, saying that listening to music with a groove actually boosts brain function. Hmm. Right? So, uh, um, Dancing to musical rhythms in a universal human act is a human uni- universal human activity. But now, researchers from Japan have found that musical beats don't just feel good, hearing them also enhances brain function. In a study recently published by in scientific reports, researchers from the University of Tsukuba have revealed that music with a groove can significantly increase measures of ex- of executive function and associated brain activity in, in in participants who are moved by the music. Okay. Music that elicits the sensation of groove, a rhythm that includes the sensation of wanting to move to the music, can elicit feelings of pleasure and enhance the body's and and, and enhance behavioral arousal levels. Hmm. Exercise which has similar positive effects is known to enhance executive function. This may also be an effect of listening to groove music. However, no studies have examined the effect of such music on executive brain fun- on executive function or brain activity in those regions such as the left uh, dorsal lateral prefrontal prefrontal cortex. So the researchers set out to measure them. Uh, this is a quote from somebody that was in the study saying uh, groove rhythms elicit groove sensations and positive f- effective responses. But whenever they influence executive function was unknown, says the lead author of the peer reviewed study, Professor uh, Haideki Soya. Accordingly, in the present study, we conduct brain ima- brain imaging to evaluate corresponding changes in executive function and measure in individual psychological responses to groove music. To do this, the researchers performed functional near infrared near infrared spec, spectrop oh my god spectroscopy with a color word with a color word matching task to examine inhibitory 
inhibitory executive function before and after listening to music. So basically, they, they did a bunch of science doodads and what's call it to really figure out what the music does to the brain. They also conducted a survey about the subjective about the subjective experience of listening to groove music. The results were surprising, explains Professor Soya. We found that groove rhythm enhanced executive function and, acti- and activity in the DLPFC only in the participants who reported that the music elicited a strong groove sensation and the sensation of being clear-headed. So basically they're saying Phoebe Bridges doesn't do that for you. It's, there's no groove to Phoebe Bridges. It's just sad. In fact, these psychological responses to listening to groove rhythm could predict changes in executive function and DLPFC. Uh, they said our findings indicate that the individual differences in psychological responses to groove music modulate the corresponding effects on executive function. As such, the effect the effects of groove rhythms on human cognitive performance may be in- influenced by familiarity or beat processing ability, says Professor Sawyer. Strategies for enhancing executive function have a wide ra- have a wide range of potential applications from preventing dementia in elderly people to helping employees enhance their performance. Furthermore, the positive effects of groove music on executive function could include the effects of positive emotion and of rhythmic synchronization. So um, I, uh, what, what, what's playing right now is a new band that I found out about called Parcels. I really like them. They are very groovy. Um, so, you know, um, you got Parcels. Uh, also, when you talk about groove, uh, that Silk and Silk Sonic is very groovy. And this this study, when I read this, it actually reminded me of, I remember there's a, there's a documentary. Oh, there's a documentary. I think it's on HBO Max about Alzheimer's and they play records for older people who are going through dementia and stuff and yeah. you see them light up when they like they play yeah. their favorite song for them yeah. and stuff like that so <clears throat> music really like music is always attached to a memory yeah like i have certain songs that i just know and i'll always remember i could take me back to where i was when i heard them and all that kind of stuff and that's kind of the idea behind studies like this is that like music is a trigger and it can take you back and then resurface a memory that you have you yeah. know so um yeah the power of music is, is very underrated I, I love music and um you know, I'm glad that it's not just um, some some dumb love that I have. It's like actually, I'm not I'm not crazy. The the endorphins and things that I feel like I feel when I hear a good song or fun music yeah. is real. Your brain is reacting to these things when you hear fun music, when you hear sad music, when you hear a nostalgic song that your mom used to play. Yeah. It all it all is real. It's, it's, it affects your brain chemistry, and that really is like that's fun and interesting to me. That music isn't just like it's just something you put on when you're bored. Like no, no, no it really is. It's doing something. Yeah, it's, it's it's really that's what music is really is deeper than that. Like I like I like I haven't been to a concert yet, but I love listening to music. Like on go I'll go on YouTube and I, li- I like listen to live concerts. It's, it's when it's the in- when it's coming straight out of the instruments. Yeah, it's different. Crushing everything. It's just it's different. Oh, I, I love the way it sounds. I love man. live music, man. So I should have uh, brought you to see Phoebe Bridges. You'd have had a great time. Nah, man, that type of music I want. To hear. <laughs> I want to hear some something you know, with some, some fun. You want to hear some, some bass? Upbeat, some bass. We'll go to Fell's Point. We'll go to Fell's Point sometime soon. Just okay. go down. They, they do live music. Mu- they, they, they just do live music. They'll just it's cover bands. Okay. So they just play all kind of music. You can hear some Prince. You can hear some you know Parliament yeah, Funkadelic. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Um, yeah. yeah, man. Uh, what what whose song is this? This is a, a band called Parcels. I found I I found, but I saw this to a new station. I have somehow I don't know how. In my van at work, I got Sirius XM radio. Just found out the got all kind of scams going on over there, huh? Yeah, man. So I, this guy has YouTube Premium. Didn't even know he had YouTube Premium. <laughs> so I was like, I was flicking through channels, whatever, because and I I came past Alt Nation. Oh, I love that's one of my favorite man. stations. 
It's one of my favorite stations. Jam it. Sirius XMU. That's a good one, too, if you find that one. All Nation. Be, All Nation. That's my jam. I was just... That's I was, when I first heard Sail. Remember that song? Sail. Oh, yeah. I was in there jamming. I was like, oh, love the station. Heard a goddamn... Uh, what's that guy's name? Um, God, Alt Nation. Name. Hosier? No. Um, Lord Huron. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah, Bob yeah, yeah. I was like, if all his songs are like this... Have a shabba 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 What is it? Visions of Joanna was the song. Mm. Man, that's my jam. Yeah, yeah. I, if all his songs are like that, I can, I can, I can be down with Bob, Bob Dylan. Dylan. Take away, <laughs> but yeah, I came across a whole bunch of different artists. I was like, I don't like this music. Flaming, yeah, flaming lips, I think is one of them. Yeah, man. <laughs> fucking love flaming man. lips, man. Man. Oh yeah, man. Fucking yeah, man. Yeah. You know what's what? How many y'all check me? Know what's my jam? Flaming lips, though. Go for it. Uh, what I got on my phone? Hold on, wait. Uh, what is it? Um. I like uh she was it. She looks like tastes like jelly. She tastes that's like jam. jam. I knew that's I knew that jam. was a, that's my that's favorite Flame Lips song. That's my jam. <laughs> what is it? She don't use jelly. Yeah. I was saying that's, that's, that's all stuff goes. If the lyrics are crazy. What are you listening to? That's what, the oh, lyrics man. are crazy. So man. I know a girl. Some something newspapers. She rubs the newspapers. They taste like jam. She don't use t-shirt. <laughs> some seriously. Oh, it's dumb. No, that's, that's my, my fucking jam, that's my jam man. man. That's my jam. That's my jam. All right, yeah, it's all you. That's my, that's that's my, my jam, jam I love that song. Uh, Matter of so, fact, hold on. Let me put that on while you do your thing. Yeah, that's my shit, yeah. man. <laughs> she don't use jam. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard that song, I was like, what is happening right now? I was like, this is amazing. But this is like a song a crazy person writes in a psych ward. Man. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's my I know a girl. <laughs> uh, so my good vibes is um, rats trained to carry tiny backpacks into earthquake zones. This is a great song to read. This fucking that sounds insane. So rats are being trained to be sent into earthquake de- debris wearing tiny backpacks so rescue teams can talk to survive. Wow. The initiative project is being worked on by 33-year-old research, assi- research scientist Donna Keen from Glasgow. Glass, 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 Glasgow, Gla- Glasgow, Glasgow, Scotland. Okay, Glasgow. I, Glass, now now Glasgow. that you've said it, it's fucked me up. I don't. Glasgow, it's Scotland. Glasgow, uh, yeah. I know. I know what you're talking about. So, f- uh, so for seven rats, it's just the the name rats. I mean, it's just it sounds. It make you go ill. Yeah, rats. yeah, yeah. So but so, that's but that's wrong. Because yeah. they're animals and, yeah, they're, and they're smart. That's, that's they're intelligent. This, this is what this article yes, is about. Absolutely. So for seven rats have been trained. So, so 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 far, seven rats have been trained, taking only two weeks to get them up to speed. Yeah, rats are really smart. At the are they? Yeah. At the moment, homemade prototype backpacks containing a microphone are being used, and scientists are sending them into mock debris. Specialists specialists um, backpacks containing microphones and video gear, as well as location trackers, will be created to allow rescue teams to communicate with survivors during er- real earthquakes. So Donna has been based in. Moragoro, Tanzania, for one year, working on a nonprofit organization, APOPO, for the project named Hero Rats. Wow! The rodents will get the chance to work in to work in the field where they are sent to Turkey, which is prone to earthquakes, to work with a search and rescue team. Donna, who studied ecology um, at Strathclyde University before going on to do a MA at the University of Kent and a PhD in Sterling University, originally was interested in primate behavior. But she was fascinated by how quickly rats can learn and be trained, which is completely new to me. 
No, rats are really smart, uh, bro. And said it's and said it is a misconception that they are that they are unhygienic. One of my favorite, not to cut you off, but one of my favorite. It's not one of my favorite movies, but it's one of the craziest movies I've seen. Mr. Little. <laughs> no, no, it's a great creepier. It's this movie called Willard. Uh, it's got the guy from Charlie's Angels. I'm not even talking to you. I'm talking to people because I know you don't know any of the things that I'm saying. But the, do you remember Charlie's Angels with Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu and Drew Barrymore? Who Cameron Diaz is? Do you remember Charlie's Angels? I remember the show. Yes, oh, it's a movie. It's a movie. I don't know. Okay, well, there's a movie. Charlie's. Angels. I heard the name. Is that a show? What's the show? There's a movie. There's a show called. Charlie's no show? But it was from the 70s. You should not know that one. You should know this that I'm talking about. But I was right though. Yeah, it's it was a show. show. It was a show in like 1978. But oh. anyway, so there's a movie called Charlie's. There's a movie Charlie's Angels with that. You know, Drew Barrymore. Anyway, there's a guy the in vampires? there. No, there's no vampires. They're oh. spies. But anyway, there's a guy on there called like the... Oh, the, okay. There's a guy on there called like the Thin Mustache Man or something like that. And he rips, he rips people's hair out and he smells there and he goes, ah, he freaks out. That guy, the actor in that movie, did a movie called Willard where he's like this guy that lives home with his mom. Mm-hmm. And then he, he meets this rat named Willard and becomes his friend. And then the, he gets the rat to... He like become, the rat understands him. And the rat starts killing people for him and all kinds of stuff. And he becomes like... That's a movie? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's called Willard. And then eventually Is he like... Is it a popular movie? I don't know. I don't know. How do know. you even come up? How, wait, wait, where do you find this movie at? <sighs> I mean, don't ask man. me that question, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I spent a lot of time in that. All those times you'd be like, yo, you want to go to this uh, YMCA a party, club party night? I'd be like, no, nah, man, I'm so busy, you man. My mom is. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard. I'd be like on the phone like, man, it's crazy. My mom's, my mom's driving me to life. South Carolina right now, man. I can't even do it. I'm like. Popping popcorn, lying. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I don't want to be around all those people, girls asking girls to dance and stuff. Oh, that's scary. So I would watch movies like Willard. That's why. <laughs> Maybe that's why I haven't seen the movies you've seen. For sure. <laughs> but now it's reversed, and now I'm like a social butterfly. Yeah, man. And you, but and I and I have the knowledge. But I love it. So yeah, yeah. But I got the knowledge too. So yeah. you know that's see that's it. hey, adults with kids. Let your kids stay in the house and be shut-ins. And then they'll grow Please up don't. and have great personalities. No, I think I'm an anomaly. You should, go out, yes. you should go out and socialize your kids. You should go out and socialize your kids. You should go out and socialize your kids. Forget what I said. <laughs> so out, go out and socialize your kids. Anyway, I restarted <laughs> Flaming Lips. Continue. Oh. Um, so she described them as sociable creatures and believes the work being done will save lives. Altogether, 170 rats are being trained. <laughs> this is crazy to me. Trained for, pro- for projects including hero landmines. Project Hero Rat. Yeah, uh, landmines, TB, and it is hoped rats could sniff off that infection. Okay, well that's good. I'm sure they could smell that. They uh, eat. They eat. They rat can and sniff rat off infectious diseases, mm. which impacts livestock. There so, you go. Yeah, yeah. So br- or Brucellius, as yes. some would say. <laughs> the rats are so nimble that they have never set off a landmine, which is yeah, super. And cool. rats can fit into anything. And their agility, they get all flat and shit. Mm-hmm. Agility makes them perfect for using. In disaster zones, so they don't get blown in pieces yeah. by bombs and stuff. For like sure, that. this also sounds like the origin story of a villain. Like whoever the the, the person who made up Project Hero like Rats, people. he's like he like falls into a vat. Of, they, he get like a thousand of them, and then they all like build the top to a person. Yeah, to like a giant, or like or he falls into a machine with a rat, and then they swap brains, and then now the rat is in the mind of a human, but can talk to the other rats, and then they take over the they take over the world. Like Steve Urkel. Yeah, like a Jaleel Urkel, like a, a Stefan Urkel type of scenario. Yeah. The rat becomes the person. The person becomes the rat. But then because he's a rat, he falls into the army of the other rats with the now rat-minded human leader. Yeah. Then they take a plane to New York City that has like 100,000 rats to every one person. Once they accompany that army, we're done. If you can ever rally rats, 
We are the human population. That, I didn't know that was that intelligent. The human population is done. Didn't know. Yeah, it happened in that movie Suicide Squad, the the second one, not the first one. The first one was trash. But there was a person in there called like the Rat King, and they had like a wand that they could control Rat the minds King. of rats. I didn't see any one of those movies. The second one's good. You don't need to watch the first one. But I'm not gonna watch it. The mind, the, the 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 Rat King had a little wand that could control the mind of rats, and it's like rats are everywhere in the millions. Mm. So if you go to New York City and you have a wand that can control rat mind or whatever he's making, whatever this whatever they're making, yeah, they it sounds like they're just doing like straight up training, like the way you would train a monkey to do sign language. Yeah, but it sounds like that takes time. You couldn't do that with all the millions of rats in New York. But if you were committed, went and lived in the sewer like Master Splinter, and fucking took all those rats and trained them one by one. It would take you. It would take you a couple lifetimes. Like it wouldn't be you that had the army. It would be like the descendants of all your kids that had the army, and uh, those that like your great 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 grandson. Once all the million rats are trained, emerges from the sewer and takes over the world with his million rat army. It'll be done. Everybody will be done. Yeah. But the earth, the earth will be scorched long. But like all while he's down there, like man, I'm gonna take over the White House. He pops up by there, nuclear fallout. The, the world's too hot to live. You can't <laughs> breathe air because it's twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. No, nah, it'd be done. It'd be twenty one, twenty two. Twenty one, twenty two. Hundred years it would take. Probably, uh, you know, from just being, a, from just approximating, it would probably take about a hundred years to train that many rats. Yeah. Yeah. So that descendant will pop out and be like, I'm ready to train rats at all. They're smart, man. Yeah. Oh, watch Willard. It's it's very it's, it's accurate. It's a good movie, man. Sounds like Wilbur the show with the dog. That's my show. I mean, I guess the name. I'm familiar. Elijah Wood. Um, I haven't seen it, but I've, oh. I'm familiar with it. But yeah, I mean, I guess they're, they're both W names. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's that's enough of a great song, by the way. Yeah, she does. She don't use jelly. Great song. The lyrics make no sense, but I no love sense. it. I love the song. Uh, before we get out of here, friend, you got any uh, recommendations? Anything? Recommendations. Um. I didn't know. I didn't watch. I I went and watch Hustle. Didn't get a chance to watch it yet. But Hustle. It's a movie. It's one of. Hey, it's one of uh, Adam Sandler's. Uh, oh, the basketball movie. The basketball movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think Netflix gave him like a hundred million dollars from just like make movies. Know, just make movies. Yeah, just make movies. Yeah, Adam Sandler. He has a big bag from Netflix. They're just yeah. like make. He's like making Hoobie Hoos or Who and all this type of stuff. Yeah. So he's making. He made a movie about a one out of every five is good basketball player who you know. Hustles. I do know this. I do know this. I do know this. And, yeah, he's got uh, great hustle. Yeah, yeah you just, your context clues, man. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so, I have that on my list. That, yeah. I have that on my list too. Oh man, I finished the first half of Stranger Things, the, the final season. You know what? Steph was like, "Have you watched Stranger Things?" I said, "Man, no." She's like, "I think we should watch it." I go, "Like you never, never watched the season." I watched an episode. I watched one episode. One episode of yeah. the whole show is so yeah. good. It's and, so, and good. it was like they were walking, and I was like. Mm. That's it. I'm That's all you got. Out. I'm gonna check. They're out. walking. They was like in the woods. So I was like, I'm check man. Out. Okay. Well, the fourth season and the final season came out like last week. Oh, so it's finished. No, it's not finished. The second half comes out in July. Okay, I'll, it's, I'll, it's I'll the, wait after that. It's the last season, but they split it up. Okay. And this season is probably the best season. Is it? The first seven episodes were amazing. It re it reinvigorated the show. Like the third season was kind of like you know it kind of was like all right I guess it's when they said the third season when third season ended and they were like the next season will be the last season I was like. Yeah, it's time for the show to come to an end. I'm kind of, I'm kind of over it now, but it's just kind of the thing to watch. It's like, it's not Game of Thrones level, but it's close. But after that third season ended, I was like, yeah, you know, I could, it's, 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 it's had its time. Now this season came out. I want more seasons. Do you? It's like, it's, it's so they went. It's darker. It's more scary. It's like fucking hard to watch at times. But then it's also like the kids are so fun and funny. It's like it's the perfect show. It's like um, the Goonies and the Ring. This season specifically, it's like the Goonies, but it's also like, it's like what? It's like you, you, it'll go from kids laughing and shit to them showing you something on the screen where you go, "Can you show that?" Like it's like that was fucking 
obscene. That was scary. Yeah. But coming right off of some kids making a funny joke. It's like the it's the perfect comedy. It's like it. You saw the first it, right? The clown? Yeah. Yeah. But the new one. Yes, yeah, the new one. Then that was that's a really good movie, but it's like the kids are fun and then like the clown is fucking scary. Yeah. It's that combination. It's the creepiest kind of clown I've seen in my life. Oh, easy. That's why I don't fuck with clowns. You know I used to fucking almost punch that clown lady when we would go to the mall when we were young. She's adorable, man. She yeah, that's what they wanted. That's what she wanted you to think until you fucking see her when you're washing your hands in the bathroom in the mirror. Yeah, popping balloons anymore. with sharp teeth. Yeah, I mean, she probably died. I mean, that was a long time ago. Um, yeah. I mean, I, she probably retired. She probably retired. She probably retired. She probably retired. Um, yeah, yeah. So Stranger Things, great show. As always, I tell everybody, hey, man, listen, Love on the Spectrum is one of the most endearing shows I've ever seen in my life. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. It's so good. So, so fucking good. But my recommendation is definitely Stranger Things. Watch Stranger Things. And uh, yeah, so... This has been. Do you? Oh, do you want to? What? You mean you want to start it? You you want to start it? You want to finish it? Oh, this has been another episode of uh, Affirmative Murder. Um, I don't know what else to usually say. I'm your name and my name. And- I am your co-host, uh, Fran Evans. Here with my wonderful host, Alvin Williams, and catch on this episode. Deuces. <laughs>